sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. I'll make an ascot out of that. Where there you go. Next there you go. Tropical ascot. Tropical ascot. <laughs> that was a reggae band, wasn't it? Tropical yes. Ascot. Tropical it was Ascot. Ascot. It was Tropical Ascot. <laughs> it was Ziggy Marley in the Tropical, tropical Ascot. Ascot. After you score, you got a Tropical Ascot, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, my Jamaican is Irish. Alright, everybody. Welcome out to the Get On With It Sports Show. It is... Wednesday, June the 16th, 2021. Jersey Johnny coming at you with me, as always, is none other than Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, Harry Lugnuts. Hello, Harry Lugnuts. Pete will be along shortly again. He got tied up once again. He'll be along in a, in a moment or two. But on that note, how the hell are you doing today? You know, I don't know. It's been one of those days. It's been 100 degrees out here for the last three days. Uh, or It was 102 yesterday. And uh, I've been outside most most of the day, so I'm kind of beaten down and tired. But lovely, I'm not complaining because you don't have to shovel heat. This is true. This is true. Some people do. Some most people, people do. don't. Sure. Most if you're working do. in a coal-fired plant, I guess. This is true. You're technically shoveling heat. That's right. I actually saw somebody, somebody posted on Facebook today, or maybe it was Instagram, um, a picture of their uh, thermometer in their um, in their car. Uh, in Arizona, it was 131 degrees. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah, that's hot. A little bit. Yes. yes. The small boys were bursting the flames. It was like that's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, you can crack your windows all you want. It's not going to help anything. No, it wasn't. That's why the the number one selling uh, accessory in Arizona is a, a remote car starter. Yes. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes. And it, and and does that guarantee the air comes on too, or you just have to make sure you leave it on before? You I guess you got to leave it on, or else you need oven mitts to open the door to get in there. True story. Yeah. True story, Sam. Yes, yeah, so you can fry pizza on the hood. So you can uh, so you can cook your lunch while you're driving home. Sure, if you don't die of heat exhaustion. Or, yeah, I, I I don't. You know, I I've been in the desert. I've been the in no the desert in a horse with no name. <laughs> Uh, I've been in the desert in, let's see, I guess the latest is probably June. And um, people say you get used to it. I, I don't know. I mean, it's hot here, but that extra 20 degrees or 10 degrees is right. it's pretty pretty rough. I've never been in Arizona, in an Arizona desert. I've been in the desert in California. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was like a buck 20, buck, buck 15, buck 20. But it's like, a, it's a dry heat, they say. It's a, you know, yeah, it's a dry so heat. So, so you don't sweat when you die. You just, you just, you you just, just bake. Frizzle. You just, you just, you you don't, just well, that's the thing. You don't realize you're cooking. You, right. you look down and see the sizzling happening. That's right. You just look right. like a, a lizard. Right, exactly. Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, so there's some baseball going on. There is some baseball going on. There mm-hmm. is. Um the Yankees are squeaked one out last night. They're they actually scored a run already today. I think they're maybe figuring out whether or not they want to have Aaron Boone as their coach for the second half of the season. Yep. I mean, I don't even know who's playing who played first base last night, but he hit a home run. I don't know where he came from. <laughs> uh, yeah, what was his name? Uh, uh, Gittle, Gittleman. I thought it was Dave Gettleman. Dave, Dave Gettleman actually played first base for the Yankees base. last night. Yeah. yeah, it was his first. It was his first major league hit. It was a home run too. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, it was pretty funny. You know, um, yeah. Well, hey, look, uh, injuries aside, the Yankees 
are what two games over 500 they're minus six yep in their plus minus and you can't blame it on the pitching i mean mm-hmm. yes they've blown some games and yes they're They've put a lot of, you know, some of the guys like Talon and even Montgomery and Herman have not been as consistent as you like, but they're just not scoring runs. They're not getting on base. And, you know, they scored six runs. That's great. It's, they have to manufacture them. I would like to see them be able to manufacture runs and drive in runners in scoring position. They're still relying on the, on the long ball. And that's, that's going to help them win a few games against teams that are hovering around 500 like themselves, Sure, but it's not going to help them. I mean, like they're what, seven and a half. There were nine games out of first place earlier yeah, this week. So a game and a half. And now they're in instead of fourth place they're in third place. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, they're, 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 you know, it's nice to see them finally beating a team in their division. Sure. So, but they just seem to be a little anemic and their defense has been, pretty dismal and and look they're vulnerable when they play national league teams on the road because one of their best hitters is a, i guess is no longer good enough to play right field right uh so and judges well, they, and judge has been hurt again and uh they the, have a lot blah, of blah blah blah, blah 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 that's the problem they have a lot of bats that should be coming around that aren't uh or maybe they're starting to come around and um they don't have many positions for them because they can't play much in the field anymore or, right. or as well as they used to, right. you know, whatever. But um, yeah. it's, re- it's really, you know, look, everybody's numbers are down this year, but it's, I think in some ways it's really about the Yankees getting on base, working the pitch count, something the Yankees have always been good at, sure. which they're not doing this year and, and driving, get, making sure they get that run in the third inning that maybe doesn't seem important but winds up being very important. That's what they're really missing this year. They're missing the intangibles. And look, when LeMahieu gets more than one hit, the Yankees win. He's 0-2 tonight. I think he was 2-4 for four with a walk last night and scored a run on a wild pitch. He's at the top of the lineup. He really does dictate what's going on with them and he's not having a horrible year but he's his on-base percentages averages are considerably lower he 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 had a decent beginning of the week he's 0 for 2 tonight but he's already scored a run so he's scored their only run so i mean that's that's my point in all of this is that Mm -hmm. they're still juggling this lineup uh judges back today stands in the lineup they got Torres, you know hitting third i like the lineup that they have in here today um we'll see what happens. We'll see if it can produce a win. You know, Garrett Cole's pitching. This is, these are the games that Yankees cannot afford to lose any of them. You say Garrett Morris was pitching. Yeah. Garrett Morris is pitching and uh, Elaine is going to, and Chevy Chase is pitching next. Yeah. It's, uh, this is what they can rely on. I I thought Herman had turned the corner. I thought that maybe Jordan Montgomery was going to give them something a little bit more, but they're, Again, their pitching though is not the problem. It's right. the fact that they have scored. They have not given up an exorbitant amount of runs. They just yeah. can't seem to score them. They haven't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the run their run differential is minus six, and you, right. you usually you know expect to see the Yankees like plus a lot. And, yeah, and they're yeah, but they're not minus a lot either though. So they're, no. they're you know that's that's the no, I mean if you if you look at where they're at, I think they have the second best you know, runs against in the division. They're just right hovering right around Baltimore territory with runs scored. 
Right. And that's uh, that's a recipe for disaster. I I think there's in I think that some of the problems of their lineups being exposed. We've talked about this before. They're very right hand dominant uh, in their lineup. They've had injuries to some of their best better players and some of their you know at least from last year right. some of the players that have been run producers for them. They can't seem to shake this injury bug, which I think is prevalent not only in baseball but in all sports right now. And um, you know, even when they have a lock, you know, the Yankees of, of years past would be able to close games out. Chapman's having a good year, but he's he's had some games where he hasn't been able to seal the deal. And they seem to wind up in a lot of extra inning games. They're finally have won a couple of those, but yeah. they're they're they don't perform well. They're not built to win those extra inning games. You have to have a knockdown closer who can really shut it down and not put the ball in play. And they used to have that. They well, they used to have that. But we got spoiled by that. I mean, they had the right. best closer in the history of the game. And, and but it's and Chapman is good, uh, postseason aside. Right. But he's not perfect, and so they've you know that's the difference I think for the Yankees being where they're at right now and ten games above five hundred. If they're ten games above five hundred, we're probably not talking like this. No, no, not at all, not at all. Because that's about that's right about where they you know. Eh. You'd expect them to be a little bit more than that, but 10 games above 500, we wouldn't be having any of these conversations. No, no. And um, Cashman, did you see Cashman's interview the other day? Yeah, he didn't seem overly thrilled with uh, a lot of things, and uh, he's sort of writing it off. I think he's kind of riding it out. Maybe he's riding his own time out. I don't know. I, uh, I, I think he might be worried that the handwriting's on the wall for himself as well because you got to blame a lot of that on him. He, you know, Boone didn't go out and, and, and sign these people. He did. And um, No, I think I, the one issue that I've had with the Yankees, and, and there's a lot of this going on in baseball, especially with so much reliance on analytics, is I'm a big believer in having a consistent lineup. Now, when injuries occur, it's hard to do. You have to make adjustments. Sure. But how many times have the Yankees had the same lineup this year? I'm guessing it's been less than 10 times, maybe less than five times. Probably even less than five, yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and that, I think, becomes a little bit of a, of a problem. You know? It's a huge issue. Yeah. No consistency. It's, no. It's, it's, not, it's not a good thing. And yeah. they're just – I think a lot of the players that the Yankees have – you know, we've been hearing for years, this is what we're building around. This is what we're building around. Well, the time is now to make a decision. These right. guys are, these guys are in the prime of their career and they're not performing. And well, it's almost as if they need like one thing to kick, get them kickstarted. And, and, and that's something could be what I've been saying since the beginning of the season. And it'll definitely help Cashman's issue. If there is any issue with Cashman and management, right. And that's go out and sign Trevor story. Well, you know, is it story or is it somebody else? I mean, I, the Yankees, I never thought I'd say this, but the Yankees desperately need an outfielder. And um, as, as good as Trevor's story is. They've had yet, like nine of them, and now and now. I know. And they have none, and especially if they're going to wind up playing, you know, interleague play. Uh, I, I would Look love to see, us. I would like to see Trevor's story here. I, and this might be a one year, kind of half a year kind of deal, but I would like to see the Yankees go get Charlie Blackman. Um, because really? I think I think that solves a lot of their issues in the outfield, and it gives them somebody who's a great defensive player who can hit and get on base. And you know what? Sure. It might actually be able to 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 have Blackman lead off and have Lemayhu, you know, move down second or third, put Judge in the third spot, which is where I think he belongs, and then not put so much pressure on the cleanup spot. Well, maybe they can actually go to Colorado and get a package deal for both Blackman and. Stewart. Well, you know they've done <laughs> yeah. they've done pretty well. I mean, they, Colorado has done stranger they, things. Everybody was really excited about Troy Tulowinski. I, you know, I was the one person saying, "Look, the Yankees just signed DJ Lemayhu." I know DJ Lemayhu is 
gone under the radar until he went yeah. to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I knew that what he would bring to the team. I people knew who DJ LeMay was. Eh, not, not a lot. Not 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 as many as should have probably, but there were people that knew. Yeah. I mean, but did you sure. see? Speaking of Trevor's story, did you see that one play? I guess it was yesterday. Yeah. The pickoff play at second. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. Did you see I mean, it, Pete? Uh, no, did not. Did he, not uh, see it. Runner uh, runner at first was stealing second, and the uh, pitcher stepped off and threw to threw the story. Uh, who was covering second? Threw it high in midair. He grabbed the ball and reached down and tagged the runner out. We don't want any of that. That's, that, that's no, the way I used to do it. There's no place for that <laughs> on the Yankees. No, not at all. No. no, no. And, and look, stories ha- stories not helping his cause right now because he's not. He's having one of his worst years. Mm-hmm. Blackman. Everybody's. It seems like everybody who's been a uh, established player, with the exception of maybe Vlad Guerrero Jr., and look, he's not as established as Story or any of these other people we're talking about. Right. Uh, their numbers are down. It's just their numbers are down. And maybe maybe now that we found all the cameras and all the sticky gunk and everything else, maybe that won't be the case. I don't know. But um, I don't think that's really the issue. I think it's just it's become a very pitching dominant game. And then there's games where it's 10 to eight and people go nuts, but it's mm-hmm. it, 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 on the whole, it seems like people are not, people are not working the count and they're, um, no, the, the, the batters are not, and, and they're not, they're not getting on base. They don't know no, how to, not. they don't know how to manufacture this. a base runner, you, uh, and you, a couple you, of base runners and a couple of runs. It's gone. It's that part is like, if you put somebody on second base, you, me and Pete, could get that guy home fifty percent of the time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'd go as high really. as sixty yeah, percent. Now, now, granted, I would just be leaning into a fastball to, to get hit, by <laughs> to get hit, and then I'd lean one in behind you. That right. gets him over to third, right. and Pete leans in I behind me. And, I would try and get out of the way, but still get hit, <laughs> right? And the, but the run scores. So okay. there you go. Uh, yeah, and the pitcher gets tossed, <laughs> which is why we can get the runner in. Right. So. Uh, but in any event, it just uh, it, 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 it seems like baseball's opening up a little bit. It just seems like that there's a big shift, and the teams that are lighting it up a little bit are the teams that you know are always they're always a surprise. The Oakland right. A's and the the, the San Francisco Giants are having a good year. It's it's interesting where yep. where things are heading. Um, there's a lot of parity. There's a lot of parity. Right there's now. a ton of parity. Um, which McCall he. Uh, uh, I'm just reading reading a couple of things here. I'll, I'll bring them up in a second. I was just going to say, as far as the uh, the uh, ticky tack and the sticky tack and yeah. spider tack and all of that stuff, the uh, obviously you both read it. The uh, Major League Baseball is cracking down on illegal substances. Effective Monday, June 21st, it's next Monday, uh, pitchers will be prohibited from using spider tack or their favorite, uh, which is uh, appears to be sunscreen mixed with rosin. Uh, they can't use any of that anymore. What's um, the SPF? Uh, I know it's, you, they usually use 30, but sometimes they actually go up to 100. Most, so. most days I come home with a lot of sunscreen mixed with sawdust. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't use it to throw pitches. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But uh, umpires will actually be doing periodic checks on pitchers throughout the games. And any pitcher who is caught using a foreign substance from, from Monday forward will be ejected and suspended. Yeah. So they're cracking down. And they said there was a report out that, you know, uh, whatever pitchers were using it, they backed off, obviously, knowing this was coming. Uh, wh- whatever. And uh, they said that they've noticed over the last several days or week or whatever it's been that uh, they've noticed an uptick in uh, a, a downtick in spin rate and an uptick in batting average. I don't think this is the case. I don't think nah. you're going to see everything switch back to what it I, was I two years ago. 
I, I think we're having some of the best basketball in the history of uh, the NBA <laughs> in the last few years. And we're talking about stick, whatever it's called. What is it called? Something tack? Spider tack. Spider tack. Spider tack. And, and uh, you know, the NFL. Yeah, and I'm just I just I don't I don't understand it. Well, you, you want to know the uh, league uh, average uh, numbers here? Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this about a month ago, right? Uh, league average batting average by team or you know overall uh, is uh, remaining steady at two thirty eight. Yeah, <laughs> remaining steady at two thirty eight. There you go. Well, three three thirteen is uh, oh no, slugging is three ninety eight. Ops is seven eleven. Here's here's. This this is great. It's the on base percentage that 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 is staggering. On base percentage is uh, three thirteen. Yeah, yeah. The Astros lead batting average uh, with two seventy four. Yeah, which, which is pretty respectable. Which, which you know in the seventies would have been pretty close. I mean, would have been leading the league. You know, yeah. and the but the, the, Ast- the Astros are are also made of players who can fabricate runs and are, are good hitters right. and they've lost a few of those to, to other teams, but that's why the Astros have won a world series and have been in it for, for the last few years. Exactly. Now, granted, some of that might have to do with some cameras in the outfield, but that's the other story that was out here today is that, you know, everybody that, had cameras in the outfield. Wasn't that a movie back in the nineties? Cameras in the outfield. Cameras in the outfield. The, yes. uh, Dan, uh, Danny Glover was in it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dan- former wedding videographer. Who, yes. Uh, Danny Glover, <laughs> video Danny, technology to help the Angels exactly. win. A Danny Glover and Bridget Fonda is the scrappy <laughs> outsider, the scrappy uh, team owner's daughter. That, who that's exactly. right. And always, I did, was also happened to be a great base running coach. That's right. Amazing. What they I, nobody I, gave her a chance. And nope. Steve Steve Buscemi was the IT guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, who was getting well, yeah. it was getting I mean, the nineties. He was paid off. This just because they didn't make him a manager 34 years ago, exactly. Yeah. So he right. stayed on as the IT guy, and that's right. This year was the year he gets his revenge, <laughs> yeah. Brought in this, Bridget uh, Fonda to help him manage the team, and yeah, the old, the old school Danny Glover, who is you know. People the think was portraying itself. Don Baylor. Right, Baylor. right, right, right. The movie writes itself. That's right. The um, this just in. Uh, Degrom uh, had uh, struck out eight and had a uh, whatever whatever you would call it, like a third or fourth inning, uh, perfect game going to that point, um, and he's out of the game. Um, he walked off the uh, diamond after the uh, after the third inning, I believe I saw, and walked right down in the tunnel, right shoulder soreness. Mm-hmm. So last week, last Friday, uh, when he left the game after the, I believe it was the sixth inning, he had um, uh, right forearm forearm t- tightness, t- tendonitis. Ah, tendonitis. Uh, yeah, that, that doesn't bode well. I think you got to put him on ice for a little while. So yeah, uh, he needs to skip a start. Is what he needs. Yeah. He's just, he's just, he's just. He's maybe let, maybe throwing let the hell out of that ball. He just needs to. He just needs to, hit. He needs to skip one start. He needs to skip one start. Can he DH an interleague play? I hear it. But the uh the Mets are uh the Mets are up three to one. Uh and it is the uh top of the fourth right now. Uh looks like one out, oh and two on the batter, yeah. runner on first. It's it's starting to be the dog days of baseball and you know, we're well, gonna see we're gonna have, see we're gonna see a, 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 a things shake out around the all star game and I think you're gonna see some I think you're gonna see some changes in managers. I think you are too. Uh Reed Reed Foley is in for the uh for the uh 
Mets, and he promptly gave up a run already. So it's uh, it was three nothing. Now it's three one. But in any you event, know the Mets, the Mets are nine games over five hundred, and they're five games over the Phillies. And I, I thought you know the Phillies were one team that I thought would be a surprise and kind of yeah. challenge the Mets this year. I mean that that division is the Mets are the only team above five hundred. I mean the yeah. Braves are four games under five hundred. I mean. Mm-hmm. With the Phillies, the Braves, and the Nationals, I mean, there's been some disappointment, and which is helping the Mets' cause. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> the the Mets seem to be able to put together games where they where they're winning. They're they're only plus twenty one. Yep. You know, it's almost like they don't know any better. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of that, and they're going to have to go. Eh, they're going to they have, have to go through a lot of arms in the bullpen tonight. So hopefully, Reed Foley can pull it together and give them long relief. Otherwise. Otherwise, uh, I think the Cubs are going to find a way to win this game. Um, I mean, they pulled two. The Cubs won five straight. I know the uh, and the Mets have been been playing good ball. I mean, right now they're uh, their last ten. They're uh, seven yeah. and three. You know, they they uh, took the first two from the Cubs, um, but hopefully they uh, they find a way. But as far as uh, Degrom goes, just a couple of uh, notes. He's the fastest. Um, he is the quickest pitcher, quickest starting pitcher to one hundred strikeouts. Uh, and he did it in 61 and two-thirds innings um, in a, to start a season um, since the since the mound moved to its current location in 1893. Mm. Which is uh, a completely arbitrary <laughs> marker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad the mound moved when they built the new Shea Stadium. Exactly. He's thrown the most strikes since the fan man landed in the center exactly. of the field. Right. But we're talking during 100... the All-Star game in we're... 1962. We're talking 128 years, though. That's that's yeah. a long time, you know. Well, Anyways, there's ever a year where it's going to happen. It's going to be this year. He lowered his uh, his ERA, you know, before today anyway, and I'm sure it's even lower. At, it's lower at this point, but he lowered his ERA as of last Friday um, through ten games uh, to point five six. Yeah. That beat Here, here's the question, though. Yeah. Is this a team that, despite all the odds and the injuries, uh, they seem to win? In spite, or perhaps to spite, their manager, yeah, who continues to make really questionable, really questionable head-scratching, calls. boneheaded moves. I've sat almost every game and said, "Why the hell is he doing right. that?" Almost and they still win. Every, and almost they still win every game. There's something that you go, "What the?" Uh, it's like know. they just don't know. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's yeah, like, they, it's like, like you said, they don't, don't know any better. But right, like an all rookie team that just doesn't know what pressure is. You know what I mean? Like a bunch of ninth graders. Right. They played. They played. A, they played a lot of games in division so far, and yeah. they're taking. They're taking advantage. To their credit, they're taking advantage of these other teams. You know, slow yeah, start or, or, I mean, or maybe the it, reality. You think about it, though. I mean, you, you, they were they were beaten up on you know teams that were lower than them. You know, with losing records, but. You know what? That's they what they played seven in, 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 in a week and a half. They played seven games against the Padres. The Padres are one of the best teams in the league. They took four out of seven. They they, yeah. they won the season series with the Padres. So yeah. there's and that and that's what, and what 90 percent of their damn starters right. on ice. You know, and they're you know, so far handling the Cubs, which is a pretty good team. Right. And the yeah. other thing is, you know, we talk about what is it? This, is it still six games that they have to make up? They still have to make up yeah, six or six, seven or eight. We go, like wow, that. they're only in for Look, even if they lost all those games, they'd be right there. Right. So it's not yeah. like they're, you know, they're really only in first because of their because of those games. What, or th- those, only... are, those are all losses. I mean, well, right. You know. That's what I mean. Even but if the games they, they got to make up are teams that they've already played and beaten on. 
Yeah. So, I mean, what, what's to make everybody think that their losses those games? It doesn't make any sense. No, but, that's what I'm saying. It I, I don't know. I, I think I could shut off baseball for a month and come back and uh, just be <laughs> fine with it right now. It's just it's, it's 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 where things are at. Look, I think the Chicago White Sox are the best team in baseball right now. Yeah, they're what are they plus one oh seven? Yeah, I mean they're I just mean, insane right they're, now. They're uh, they seem to uh, <laughs> know what they're doing. Uh, again, the Yankees what didn't the Yankees sweep them or win three out of four against them? And then they it's they've gone crusher. then they've gone on this uh, tank job. It's I I think that we're going to see some. I think by the All Star break we're going to start to see where the season is heading. I think you're going to see some teams start to separate themselves a little bit. Yeah. You might not have it, – it's shaping up where you might not have that many races for for the division titles this year. You might – it might all come down to the wild cards again. Could you imagine if a, a bunch of the wild cards are actually sub-500 teams? Yeah, it could, it yeah. could be. That'd be. I mean, I think Tampa and Boston will battle it out, uh, you know, in, in the American League. Hopefully the Yankees can make a run at it. But even Toronto's, you know, now eight games back – but yeah. the White the White Sox are already five games up on on Cleveland. Right. You know, Oakland and Houston will battle it out. The Mets are already five games up on on their nearest competition. Uh, and and interestingly enough, the Brewers, the Reds, and the Cubs, and the and the Cardinals. That's probably the most interesting uh, division in baseball. The Dodgers are starting to come back to life. They're they're only one game behind the Giants now, but. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if the. I mean, the Padres are five and a half games out. The Padres have lost to teams yeah. like the Mets. Like, I mean, even the Rockies have beaten the Padres a few times. So, yeah. we'll, we'll, we shall see. It's going to be an interesting uh, second half. But I, uh, my prediction is Aaron Boone is gone. I would. I would say you're right, and I. I would say I don't know if it's going to be in season though. Um, they might. You know. They, you know. Cashman might pull a couple of things and obviously make some moves at the trade deadline. Whether it is something like, you know, a, a Trevor Story or another shortstop or Charlie Blackman, like you said, or whoever, uh, you know, and see what comes of it. But if, if something doesn't come together and they don't turn it around at some point, I think you're right. I think Boone's gone after the season. Yeah, and they're going to, I mean, they're going to run out of time. I mean, anything. I, well, that's happen. what we were talking about before you came on. It's like, yeah, they're going to run out of time to, to, this, to this, mount this, a comeback. This, they're, well, they're going to run out of time with these guys in the prime of their career, too. And yeah. it's. Yeah. It, you have to be. You have to be. You have to be in the game to win it. You yeah. can't yeah. be on the sideline nursing injuries all the time. And, and it looks like neither Tampa Bay nor Boston are flukes. No, no, no. And, and you know, pretty, look, the Yankees are a game over at home and a game over away, and a, two games under against five greater than five hundred. You know, the the, the, yeah, the Yankees, winning the Yankees are not a bad team. No, they're, they're not. They're they really aren't. Are, they're not putting anything. But anything. if they don't change course they're going to find themselves 10 games be out of first place yeah by the all-star get break not, what's their know? longest winning streak they've had this year three three i yeah. think it's three yeah um john donovan just said i'm sure he's referring to the mets obviously he said we did that with terry too i'm not sure what you meant by that john just right back in and let us know exactly what well, it, does, it, it doesn't managerial change even mean anything anymore with these players yeah. i mean you know what it, well, it, back I, in the day, it, it was it was historic. I mean, some of the Yankees' biggest sure. comebacks came when they when George Steinbrenner said, "We're making a change," and they did, and it did change the course. Well, that I mean, to your point, what Pete said before, uh, you know, it, it seems uh, as if the Mets are, uh, yeah, he, his decisions. I guess he was talking about that. There you go. Um, it seems as if the Mets are 
able to win these games in spite of what uh, um, Rojas is throwing out there. Well, it's harder. It's harder to manage. So, it's harder to manage a National League team. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, it it, it is. It's right. a harder thing to do. But to your point, they're they're winning. The managing is right. is a little less important. It's not 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 important, but it's a little less important than it was 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, I think it's it's way less important um, before the game. Right. Right. Those mm-hmm. those kind of decisions are made by the analytics. Who's right. going to start against who, and this and right. that? Sure, you know, and and I, th- I think that's that's where you don't get, you know, uh, what, what is the image of the old school manager? Ah, the rumpled guy. Ah, let let the kids stay out there another inning, you know, sure. or you know, there's this superstar. I got a hunch he's due. You yeah, know. we pay well, this guy sometimes ten million a year, and he never does. The guys this. making hunches or or or. or or sticking with their guy or, or not sticking with somebody be, and making the tough calls. Look, Joe Torre didn't rely on analytics. Right. He did no, a pretty I'm good job as a manager. I'm not right. saying it's a bad thing. I'm, I'm just no. saying that's how we think of right. sure. what was just really until not that long ago. I, I think a baseball manager's job was to, to kind of feel those things right. out. And, and I think a lot of managers these days are, especially in the national league, they're going to, they're going to wear their bullpen out before Three quarters of the season is done. Yeah, because oh, they no, do yeah. they do not allow anybody to hang to stick around. Nope. In, in a game nope. anymore. Nope. Nobody goes into a second inning who's who's not a starter. Yeah. Yep. Right. There's no reliever who pitches. Uh, and you can't close one inning two nights in a row. What kind of bullshit is that? I yeah, know. No, you got. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, a couple of them do. Like, for instance, Diaz actually closed on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, or Friday and Saturday didn't on Sunday and then closed on Monday. So, uh, you know, three out of four days he closed. So, I mean, that's something there. But for the most part, you're right, though. And uh, John Donovan actually just wrote back and he says, name a manager who is tactically brilliant. You know? No one, because they're not allowed to be. Yeah, even, exactly. even if they are, they're not allowed to be. They're not allowed to be. They have to listen to the tactically brilliant statisticians. Sitting they gotta, yeah, the they got to listen computer. to a, a thick book full of <laughs> right. numbers. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wonder mean, what, um, what what's his name who, who used to manage Boston and now manages Cleveland or vice versa. I, I think he still, you know, was. Um, it's it, it, you're right. It doesn't make much sense anymore. But they need something. Some of the some of these teams are doing it despite you know the not having that manager, and, and some of them I think are relying too much. I yeah, I don't think the exactly. Yankees' success. I don't think any of the Yankees' success has come from, from, from Aaron Boone, no. you know, uh, but I think now when you have to be able to motivate and kind of do some things, the other thing too, is I think it's, it's part of it has to do with the, with the, with the, with the other coaches. That's really the thing that sometimes comes along with the managerial changes. You get the change in the hitting instructor, you get the change in some of these other coaches, which sometimes can, can get players out of a comfort zone, and force somebody to come in and actually look at something a little differently and help somebody get out of a slump. Right, right. And I got a feeling that, you know, a lot of the time you're going to see, uh, uh, like, for instance, with the Mets and, and, and so forth with, with uh, Rojas or whatever, you know, a couple of these other, you know, the bench coaches or the base coaches or any of the other, the, these other coaches, they're the ones that are they're working with them a little bit more, uh, you know, in their ears before games, before games. Um, so, you know, they're still in their mind or they're still in their ear during the game too. So, um, which – proves the point uh, that we were saying before where it's not that much in-game managing isn't what it used to be. 
Um, you know, it's still important, obviously, to a point. But, you know, especially if you're going to, you know, it's more important to make, a, you know, not to make bad decisions than it is to necessarily make good decisions. You yeah. Know? But um, exactly. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? So anyway, uh, uh, just for instance, uh, just for your uh, um, information, I should say, uh, Reed Foley got out of the inning with just the one run. So the Mets are up now. It's the bottom of the inning. Hanging on. They're hanging on. And, What's with uh, the Pirates get up? Yankees are uh, losing two to one in the what is it? Top of the sixth. Top of the sixth. So, so what'd you how, say? How can you wearing the Pirates gear? Uh, well, we'll find that out in the top ten list oh, tonight, won't we? That, why don't we go to the top ten list? Top ten list. Da, da, da. I, I I opened it. I didn't have a chance to look at it. You know, well, you can look through it, breeze through it as you will. Um, as I read the uh, names. Off of uh, these, uh, we'll start tonight's top ten list. Brought to you by nobody. Um, <laughs> Not yet. Ten, Not, Not yet. yet. Top ten right fielders in Major League Baseball history. Top ten right fielders in Major League Baseball history. Uh, folks, in true, get on with the podcast fashion. We have twelve. So that's it. That is it. Twelve, only twelve. We have a three-way tie for tenth, and same as last week. As a matter of fact, worked out the same way. We have a three-way tie for tenth. And then uh, nine through one are all singles. So there you go. So we will start with our one of our uh, three number tens, uh, Mr. Ichiro Suzuki. Ichiro Suzuki. He was, oh, geez. Uh, he played uh, a lot over uh, in, um, yeah, in Asia. Switzerland. Uh, <laughs> was it Switzerland? I thought it was. I thought yes, it was Japan. He was. He was, uh, it, oh, he was, he was French. It was French, wasn't he? Ichiro is definitely Swiss. Yeah. Ichiro Swiss. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Ichiro. Um, he played in the Orcs Blue Wave for the first nine years of his career. Then he, then he came to the uh, states and was on Seattle. He was on the Yankees for a few years, the Marlins for a few years, and went back to Seattle to wind up his career. Seven-time All-Star. Uh, Japan Series champion in 96, three-time Pacific League MVP uh, in uh, Japan, of course. Um, and these are all Japan numbers, by the way. Uh, nine, uh, seven-time Gold Glove, seven-time Best Nine Awards, two-time Mat, uh, Matsutaro Shoruki Award. There we go. Mm. Um, and then a couple other uh, minor um, Japanese League, uh, or was it uh, NBP, whatever that stands for. Major League Baseball, 10-time All-Star, 10 seasons straight, 2001 through 2010. Major League, um, American League MVP in 2001, Rookie of the Year in 2001. Uh, it was his 10th season playing professional baseball. He was a rookie. So 10-time uh, Gold Glove Award winner, three-time Silver Slugger Award, two-time American League batting champion, American League stolen base leader, and he has the Major League Baseball record, uh, 262 hits in a single season. Ichiro Suzuki. Guys, not a yeah, bad he, he, was, he, was, he was he was on my bubble here, and that's why I think he's number number fourteen. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> 13, 13, 12, 13. Like hey, Ichiro was a great player. I mean, it, I think like a lot of the Japanese players, it would have been. I mean, I would love to have seen Matsui and Ichiro, you know, play some of their earlier years in in, oh, sure. in, in major league. And, and look, Ichiro, one of the things that I think is one of his greatest accomplishments is he played deep into his career and he was productive the entire time. Yep. Um, those, those later years, I mean, how old was he when he retired? 40? No, more than that. Yeah, uh, 44, he re 40 he retired in 20, he retired two years ago, a 45, 
45. 45. I mean, he was good until he was 44 and a half. Almost 46. <laughs> yeah. Almost 46 when he retired. Yeah. He, he, was like, he, 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 he was uh, a, a, an old school player. He would, he would be one of these guys that would be sort of frustrated with the, uh, with the state of hitting in, in baseball today, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, no. Sure. Well, no, I, th- I think he would love it because he'd just go the other way. Right. Oh yeah, well he would he would be great. What I'm saying is that everything oh, yeah. that he was able to do, no one can do anymore. Hey, right. Yeah, right. I mean, right. you you're gonna put the shift on for Ichiro? Come on. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. like Rod Carew. It's like I'm gonna put it right there. I'm gonna drill yeah. it right there. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You stand over there. I'm yeah. going that way. Yeah, yeah. Ten right. was it ten straight seasons of two hundred plus hits. Yeah. Yep. His I mean, on base uh, percentage was was incredible. And and he was he he was an incredible fielder, and yeah, he, he was a really good fielder. He was a great base runner, and uh, he was a good baseball player. He's one of the you know he's, he's obviously one of the best ever to come out of Japan. And um, you know he's he's probably yeah. going to wind up in the Hall of Fame if he's not already. I don't think he's eligible yet, right? Yeah, he's, he? He, he's not eligible until twenty four. Yeah. He'll probably go in, I guess, as a Mariner. Um, I would imagine. Yeah. That's where. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's where his best years were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. Uh, Jesus, just uh, almost thirty one hundred hits. Yeah, and he yeah. how many years did he play? Nine years before he came here to the states, right? He played nine nine seasons, ninety two yeah. through two thousand. He played nine seasons yeah. in in Japan before he came to uh, the states. Yeah. His his career batting average in Japan was three fifty three, <laughs> and his career batting average in the states was three eleven. Yeah, um, and he was get he, this, he, though, get this he played center field though too, didn't he? And also left field. I mean, he he was kind of all over the outfield, uh, wasn't he? Only a couple of times. Only a couple times. Right primarily, field, yeah. right? um, he he has over three thousand hits in in, in major league in baseball. major league baseball. Yeah. He yeah. also has almost thirteen hundred hits in Japan. So that's almost he that he's literally he, he's getting close encroaching to on forty five hundred hits. Yeah. <laughs> What's the all-time record? Forty, I think it's forty-four, right? I think 44 it's forty-four. Yeah, he's he's a little shy of the of the record, but yeah. if you put him together, he would be. Yeah, he would exceed it if you put him together. Yeah, uh, he ten have... thousand three hundred seventy-four plate appearances, a thousand eighty strikeouts. So, basically, one every ten. Yeah, right. which is pretty impressive. Unbelievable. It just Unbelievable. look. He was he was really right, a four-tool player. He didn't didn't hit a lot of home runs, no. but but he was. Spectacular, pretty spectacular. Those other four tools. How many runs did he score? I mean, that that's really. I think we we put too much emphasis sometime on the home run. The home run's great if there's multiple people on base, but the home run if you're only hitting solo home runs, it still counts the same as a run scored if you didn't hit a home run. Yeah, but I mean, Ichiro's not. I mean, he hit home runs. He had 117 in Major League Baseball. He had 118. He had 117 in Major League Baseball in 20 years. What I'm saying is, who can he hit 118 in nine years in Japan? He was a leadoff. He was yeah. he was a constant he was a, leadoff hitter. He's a leadoff you know? hitter. You're not gonna you your 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 job's to get on base. Your job's not to hit home run. Yeah. So. Oh no, I'm I'm just saying that was his career, I think his was, career on base percentage was like what three eighty nine or something like that. Three fifty. Okay. So yeah. it's not quite well, as, at least in the majors. Yeah. yeah. So. But there you go. Number tied for number ten, Ichiro Suzuki. That moves us to five hundred stolen bases too. By the way. Yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah, six. Uh, Let's throw that in there too. Seven hundred and seven hundred eight stolen bases between. And how many games. runs did he score? Fourteen hundred in the fourteen hundred baseball. Yeah, fourteen hundred. Yeah, hits and two hundred hits a year, stealing bases left and right. Let's put it this way: if all of these numbers, pardon me, if all these numbers were all in Major League Baseball and he didn't play at all in in uh, in Japan, 
Maybe. He'd, be, he'd be higher on this list. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, uh, the how, many, how many seasons in the majors? Uh, 20. 20. Yeah. So, so averaging 40 stolen bases a year. Yep. <laughs> Who's done that lately? <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> nobody, right? Yeah, that would be stolen. Nobody. But talk about stolen, lost the lost art of baseball. Uh, yeah. Stolen bases got to be right up there, right? Stolen bases, small ball. It's all gone. Six guys in the league that can legitimately steal bases. That's what makes playing baseball fun. I mean, just standing there and striking out or hitting a home run isn't – Sure, the numbers are great. Well, it's fun you if want you to see the, the bomb and you listen to, and yeah, it is, of course. But it, you know, listening to the, uh, I just mean for watching, uh, you know, listening to the uh, to the broadcaster, uh, you know, uh, get get elated and everything else. But you know, it is what it is. So yeah, so number ten, tied for number ten, Ichiro Suzuki. Another tied for number ten is Mr. Harry Heilman. Harry Heilman, Harry Edwin Heilman, nickname the Slug or just Slug, I should say, actually. Um, <laughs> Played for the Tigers and the Reds. Started playing in 1914. Played for the Tigers in 1914 and then 1916 through 29. And then he played for the Reds in 1930 and 1932. He's a four-time American League batting champion, um, all with uh, the Tigers. Career batting average, 342. 2,660 hits, 183 home runs, and 1,543 runs batted. And, of course, he is in Cooperstown. Harry Hellman, tied for number 10, guys. Harry, Harry, Harry Hellman. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't remember watching him, but he was good. <laughs> well, I hope not. Yes. He'd be a little older than you should be. He was a That's play-by-play right. announcer for the Tigers for 17 years, too, after, right. he, uh, after right. he finished uh, right. his career. Um, so there you go. Number 10, tied for number 10 also, Harry Hellman. All right. And also tied for number 10, uh, three, uh, the third of our triumvirate, Number tens. We have a lot of wild card entries. Yeah. None other than Mr. Dave Winfield. Uh, David Mark Winfield, to be exact. He played for the Padres for the beginning of his career, eight years, and he best known, obviously, for his career with the Yankees for, oh, 10 years uh, in the 80s, or throughout the 80s, the whole decade. Then he went to the Angels for a couple of years, Blue Jays for a year, and, yeah. Luckily, he went to the Blue Jays for a year because he won a World Series there. World and, Series. Uh, he was pretty. He was kind of instrumental too for the to the chemistry sure, of that team. Absolutely. That's for sure. He was on the Twins for a couple of years. Rounded up his career with the Indians. He twelve-time All-Star, uh, World Series champion again with the Blue Jays in '92. Seven-time Gold Glove Award winner. Six-time Silver Slugger Award winner. Roberto Clemente Award winner in '94. National League RBI leader in '79. His number 31 with the Padres is retired. He's in the Padres Hall of Fame. Of course, he's in Cooperstown. Uh, career batting average, 283, 3,110 hits. And the RBIs are pretty impressive. 465 home runs and 1,833 RBIs. Dave Winfield, tied for 10. Guys? Yeah, you know, he. I, I sort of forgot to put him on my list. He should have been right where he's at, I think. You know, um, Winfield was one of those guys who I think his reputation got hurt because of the bullshit treatment that he had by the Yankees in, in the eighties. He was sort of became the, you know, the, the whipping boy, the, uh, the excuse for why they weren't performing as well as he was, but sure. you know, for that span, he was, I, I mean, look, a lot of people loved Don Mattingly and rightfully so, but th- for the years when they played together, Dave Winfield was the best player in, on the Yankees and one of the best players in baseball. 
Um, he was a unique player. I mean, he, his size, the way in which he approached the plate, he was, he had a hell of an arm. He was a really good outfielder, which I think people forget about. Mm-hmm. And, um, his numbers don't lie. I mean, he was, he was kind of an old school slugger and he put up the numbers consistently. He had, he had some great years after leaving the Padres coming to the Yankees. It's just, he didn't deliver on, on getting the Yankees past, you know, a couple of postseason entries and, and on to a championship. They paid a lot, you know, <laughs> they paid a lot of money for him, uh, more than than Steinbrenner thought that he was paying because of a clause in the contract. And sure. I think that chapped his, his hide a little bit for him, and he had something out against him. Yep. And don't forget, don't forget the uh, when he the, was arrested the, in the, Toronto. The, the pigeon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think it's ironic that he came back to a team <laughs> called the Blue Jays. Uh, he went back to play for a team named after a bird and won and became really a fan favorite there yeah. in, in Toronto. But yeah, he he he, 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 was, he wasn't a fan favorite the day he killed a bird. Uh, mm. with the uh, they were uh, screaming for his head that day. But uh... hey, that's the air traffic controllers problem. <laughs> yeah. What's the uh, Actually, what, they were what's thanking the, him one less bird in the what's flight. The, uh, what's the uh, flight uh, code for Toronto again? I forget. What was uh, that again? Yeah, something uh, with a Y or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, in any obscure event. prog rock reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enter obscure prog rock reference here. Not that obscure. Well, I guess it is. It's yeah, not really. That's not really yeah. that obscure. It, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, if it was yeah. a triumph reference. It would be a little more obscure than that's Rush. Right. I mean, come on. How did the triumph ever write a song about the Toronto airport? <laughs> well, no, but they wrote a song about Rick, Rick, uh, Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield, yeah. exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Uh, I think it was on the Sport of Kings. He was, anyway. Rick, he was Rick Emmett's favorite uh, right fielder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, he was a good. Uh, if you were not a Yankee fan, he was a good Yankee to hate because he was just so good. Sure. So yeah, like, he's kind player. of a cla- he's kind of a classy guy. He always kind of rose above the bullshit, and he was pretty even keel for you know a superstar. I mean, he was he was a he was the one of their first huge signings. Mm-hmm. And look, you know, I think had he had more success in the postseason, which is a lot of what people rank Yankee individual players successes on had he had some of that, I think he'd be not only higher on this list, but you could, you could make an argument that he'd be right there with another certain right fielder, maybe as the second best right fielder in the history of the Yankees. There you go. There you go. And I don't know why, and I'll I'll bring it up really quick, but I don't know why, but every time I, uh, I uh, talk about Dave Winfield, I just remember that uh, channel 11 WPIX commercial back in the eighties when they were uh, spelling out the call letters and they said mm-hmm. W, W for Winfield. And it was Dave Winfield doing the, uh, doing I the just remember thing. he had a mustache. that looked like it was like five feet wide. It was crawling know? across his face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, anyway. he, could look. he was sort of a star though. You know, he oh, had he that, he had that kind of, I mean, what was he? Six, seven. Uh, something like I that. I think yeah. at least. Yeah. I would, yeah. You know, I mean, he's he six, eight, maybe 18 he was, feet, nine inches tall. He was 18 feet, nine inches. Tall. He was kind of a he six, looked, six. He was six foot six, six. six, six nine. Nine. He, he, he sort of, yeah, he was a star. He stood out everywhere he went. He, he was a, he was a bonafide uh, celebrity at the time in New York. And um, he's still, I, I still, he was, he was, he was the most consistent part of that Yankee team for a long yeah, time. He was. There you go. Also tied for 10, Mr. Dave Winfield. All right. And number 10 on our list. And that is our that finishes our top, top ten, three 10s. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> now we move on to number nine. Here we go. 
Number nine on our list is Mr. Larry Walker. Larry Kenneth Robert Walker, to be exact. Um, played for the Expos for five or six years. Played for the Rockies for ten. And finished up his career for a couple of years with the Cardinals. Five-time All-Star, uh, National League MVP in 97. Seven-time Gold Glove Award winner. Three-time Silver Slugger Award winner. Three-time Major League Baseball batting champion. National, National League home run leader in 97. Of course, he is in Cooperstown. Uh, career batting average 313, 2,160 hits, 383 home runs, and 1,311 RBIs. Mr. Larry Walker, nine on our list. Guys? Definitely the best mullet on our list. Oh, there, of course. Yeah. 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 Larry Walker was was a hitting machine. I mean, he was he was, uh, he was was a, one of the best hitters of an era, and he was great on the Expos, but he, you know, Look, you could you could say what you want about playing in Coors Field. I get it. His numbers were at were, were equally as good on the road as they were in in Coors Field, and he you know he he became the only player in Major League history to register both a 700 slugging percentage and 30 stolen bases in the same the same season and, yeah, yeah. and won the National League MVP. Sure. So he's he was he was a guy who was just an, an incredible athlete. Great fielder, good on the good on the base pass, and not only a slugger, but just a guy who was a one of the best hitters in the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean he was and he, he won was, seven Gold Gloves. He was a big part of the uh, um, Expos uh, having the uh, best record in uh, in 1994, but never got to do anything with it because of the strike either. Right. Too so, right. and then the next year he was in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, but, didn't uh, didn't didn't have that uh, that great of a post postseason numbers, but uh, yeah, kind of, you know he, he was a pretty reliable guy. Did he did he play in the postseason only for the Cardinals, or did he play with? Was he on that Rockies team that made it to the postseason? Because I think uh, he went to the Cardinals before the Rockies made it to the World Series. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, no, no, yeah, the, he was on the Cardinals. Uh, the Rockies. Actually, he was done by the time. Uh, yeah, Colorado, nineteen ninety five. Okay, one series, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah division no, no, no. series. Only played four games. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have a, he didn't have a lot of opportunity. Hmm. He had, uh, yeah, twenty eight games. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not, you know, I mean, let's see, he was two thirty, three fifty, five ten, fifty one bases in twenty eight games. It's not too bad. There you go. Seven home runs. I mean, yeah, just a low average didn't 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 match up anything close to his regular season. But still, most of it was with the Cardinals, and most of it was towards yeah. the end yeah. of his career. Right. Well, it was right. uh, he when he when uh, when um, uh, they traded him to uh, when Colorado traded him to uh, St. Yeah. Louis um, right. that yeah. year. He went to the uh, World Series. Well, he hit he hit three thirty three with the four forty four on base percentage in the two thousand four NLDS. You know, and then well, he had that three, was well, three fifty seven. Yeah, three fifty seven in the World Series. I mean, you know, they, they lost to Boston, but he, so, you know, his slug, was a good his year. slugging percentage in in the World Series was nine twenty nine, and his <laughs> OPS was one point three six six. Thirteen total bases in four in four games. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Boston swept Boston swept St. Louis and the and Colorado in the World Series. Huh? Yep. <clears throat> yes, they did. And he was about the only guy doing anything for Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was with St. Louis, but yeah. 
He wasn't on the oh, Rockies right, on the, right. on the he was no, he was done. No, he, right. the year after he retired, the year after yeah. uh, the, that World Series. And, uh, Look, the the Blake Street Bombers. You know the, the the those Rockies teams were fun. I mean, yet Andres Galarraga and Larry Walker and uh, what's his name, uh, whose kid is playing shortstop now for the Blue Jays, uh, Dante Bichette. Sure. Uh, you know, and then and then later on. Yeah, uh, what's his name showed up at first base. I mean, they, they, the Rockies had a, a really good teams that year. It's just yeah. they couldn't get past some of these other teams. And Larry Walker, one of the all-time great moments in baseball history, turning the uh, the batting helmet around and batting right-handed in the All-Star game against Randy Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll never see you'll never see something like that again. Well, the, talk about mullet on mullet. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Mullet I mullet. think he lost that battle too. Oh yeah, yeah. there's no better yeah, mullet Randy, than Randy, Randy Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> mullet not 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 the at bat. You're just talking the mullet battle. That's oh right. yeah, the mullet yeah. battle. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, number nine, Larry Walker. We move on to number eight, and number eight is Mr. Tony Gwynn, Anthony Keith Gwynn Sr. To be exact, nickname Mr. Padre. Played for the Padres from 1982 till 2001. Eight-time National League batting champion, fifteen-time All-Star, eight-time batting champion, eight-time, eight-time batting champion. Yeah, who's gonna do that nowadays? Eight-time batting. Yeah, how about one time? Yeah. For one team. Yeah, yeah. eight-time batting champion, fifteen-time uh, All-Star, five-time Gold Glove Award winner, seven-time Silver Slugger Award, uh, Roberto Clemente Award winner, ninety-nine. His number nineteen, of course, is retired with the Padres. He's in the Padres Hall of Fame. Of course, he's in Cooperstown. Career batting average, three thirty-eight. 3,141 hits, 135 home runs, and 1,138 RBIs. Mr. Tony Gwynn, number eight on our list, guys. Pretty good I mean, numbers. Yeah, I think it, had he not played in San Diego, I think he he would, you know, his his accomplishments would be better recognized. He, he Tony Gwynn and Kirby Puckett remind me of these, these of the two guys who, you know, were not necessarily – built you know for baseball yet they were consummate hitters consummate fielders and two of the best to ever play the game and, sure. and Tony Gwynn was phenomenal and uh year in and year out he was one of the best players in baseball and eight time batting champion eight, eight times, times. Eight time champion. yeah he was uh and 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 a great guy and you know uh he he he's the, he's has been and will always I think be the face of the Padres. Yep. Oh, definitely. That's definitely. And he had that that great voice. Yeah, he did there have a, he did have a unique <laughs> a unique yeah. speaking voice. Very yes. unique. Yes. There you go. Number eight, Mister Tony Gwynn. We move on to number seven, Mister Seven. Mister Seven. Number Mr. Seven. seven is Mister Seven. There you go. Mister Seven. <laughs> Mister Seven. <laughs> Number seven, Mr. Al Colleen. Albert William Colleen. Mr. Tiger was his nickname. I'll give you a hint what team he played for. It wasn't K-Line. Uh, it was Colleen. K-Line, Colleen. Sure, why not? Colleen. It wasn't Colleen. all. It was Al. I think it was all K-Line. 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 I think it's Al K-Line. Al I always said Colleen. Yeah. And he invented the alkaline battery. He did. Alkaline. There his you name go. Was Alkaline. Alkaline. Right there you go. 
That's right. Uh, and ironically, if you put his name together, it spells alkaline. So yeah, well, yeah, we, well, that's, uh, why, yeah, yeah. that's why you said it. Yeah, it sounds like I mean his middle name is oddly his middle name is Duracell. <laughs> <laughs> it might be true. Albert Duracell Kaline. <laughs> Or uh, alkaline. 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 There you go. Uh, played for the Tigers for 22 years, 53 to 74. 18-time All-Star, World Series champ in 68. 10-time Gold Glove Award winner, Roberto Clemente Award winner in 73. American League batting champion in 55 is number six. is retired with the Detroit Tigers. He's, of course, in Cooperstown. And his career batting average is 297, 3,007 hits, 399 home runs, and 1,583 RBIs, Mr. Alkaline. Alkaline. I mean, Alkaline. It, it, he's he's what he's the quintessential Hall of Famer. Mr. Tiger, and now his nickname on this show, Mr. Seven. Mr. Seven, Mr. Seven also Seven. known to his closest friends as, as, as Al the Battery and uh, Mr. Seven. <laughs> and Mr. That's Seven, right. there you go. Mr. Seven. Al Kaline. <laughs> yeah, kind of. He's kind of a guy who's overlooked, I guess. A little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not like he played that long ago and. No, I mean, yeah, for, he was playing you know, in the mid seventies. He retired, you know. Yeah, you know, certainly people of our age, or maybe a little bit younger, who you know kind of know the name, but don't really know just mm-hmm. you know how good he was. Sure, yeah, definitely sure. overlooked. But long career. I mean, he started in the early fifties and was almost the uh, mid seventies yeah. when he retired. So yeah, crazy. yeah. Okay. Number seven, Al Kaline. Systems uh, outfielder. Systems outfielder. Systems outfielder was uh, definitely. He lasted so long because of load management and yeah. analytics. Well, yeah. well plus he, he had a battery in him. <laughs> a battery. Well, yeah. was, yeah. was, he retired when they were done with, you know, when, when he was right. done with. He, he couldn't last, get another battery. That, last yeah. few years, he was running yeah. on D cells. He was. Right. He was. The fifth game. They had to hook up one of those nine, those, uh, you know, the, uh, the heavy-duty, <laughs> the, 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 the lantern batteries, you know. This the, is the uh, official uh, notice that the battery jokes are running out of power. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Seven. Uh, Mr. Al Kaline. There you go. All right. Number six is Mr. October. Reggie Jackson. There he is right there. Mr. October and uh, whatever else you want to call him. Uh, had a candy bar named after him. They were as, really good. I love the Reggie bar. As They were really good. I really like the Reggie bar, as did, uh, as did somebody, maybe somebody else on this list, too. But um, he played for the Kansas City and Oakland Athletics. Uh, he played for the Baltimore Orioles for a year. And then... He came to New York and was on the Yankees for five seasons. Uh, finished uh, with the Angels for uh, oh five seasons as well, and then back to the uh, and back to the Athletics to wind up his career. Fourteen-time All-Star, five-time World Series champion, uh, American League MVP in '73, two-time World Series MVP, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, four-time American League Home Run leader, American League RBI leader in '73. Um, Oakland Athletics, number nine, is retired. New York Yankees, number 44, is retired. He's in the Athletics Hall of Fame. He's in Monument Park in Yankee Stadium. Of course, he's in Cooperstown, and his numbers are as follows. Career batting average, <laughs> 262. Uh, lower than you'd think. Um, long career, though. Uh, 2,584 hits, uh, 563 home runs, and 1,702 RBIs. Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. Take yeah. it away, Harry. Well, look, numbers, number, <laughs> numbers don't mean a damn thing when it comes to Reggie Jackson. Oh, no, no, no. no. I mean, uh, he was clutch thing. and it was, well, it was and, postseason yeah. numbers. And, and else, yeah. look, he was one of these guys who sort of changed. He was two different players in, in a lot of ways. When he came yep. up at the A's, he was he was a, a much 
faster. He was a, he was a base stealer. He was a, a hell of an outfielder. Not that he wasn't a good outfielder with the Yankees. His fielding was always suspect. He had a hell of an arm. He had one of the biggest rockets you'll ever see coming from right field, especially in Yankee Stadium. Uh, he was just clutch. He was uh, some of the biggest sporting moments I'll ever remember revolve around Reggie Jackson. And, uh, you know, between him and Thurman Munson, I think the Yankees had two of the most interesting players playing at the same time at a time when they were, you know, kind of being resurrected in some ways. And I think Jackson was a big part of that. And and I think what goes overlooked is his accomplishments with the A's, uh, you know, before that. And then the other thing that goes overlooked is he was really close. And I know you guys will disagree with me on this, but he was, look, the, the angels blew it in 86 they were a better team than Boston. And I think they would have given the Mets a run for the money and maybe beat them. I think that 86 Angels team could have been his sixth World Series. It's possible. It's possible. Um, and But, you know, on the other hand, on the other hand, I just wish he didn't play as well as he played in 1973. Right. Because I would hope that he would have lost that World Series, too. But that's yeah. another story. He was – I mean, there, he's called Mr. October for a reason. He just – yeah, he, he just but, came – he just per, always – Came here's, up big in the big in the big moments. Here's yeah. his postseason number: seventy-seven games, two seventy-eight average, forty-eight RBIs, eighteen home runs. Not bad. Not bad for a day's work. Not bad. No, no. Yeah. One hundred forty-eight total bases. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can look at his numbers and go, yeah, okay, they're you know certainly. Five hundred and what is it? Sixty-three home runs. He, play, is he, played, he played a long time, and and, and he, he played a he long was, time. But he was more. He was. It was the impact he made. Yeah. I think. And his on base percentage was higher. He drew a lot of walks. He struck out a lot. Uh, more than he, anybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ever. But he also he also drew a lot of walks. And but when you know it again, it it's his numbers are. If you're just looking it's, at it's stats, not about yeah, it's not, not about, about the numbers with him. Yeah. Is anybody going to catch him for strikeouts, though, with the way the game is today? Well, I don't think anybody will play long It's possible, actually. If somebody plays long enough, they can today, the way it is today. I mean, it's, what is it, 20, it's just shy of 2,600. Yep. So, yeah. by the way, I just got a, uh, check this out. I saw that. I saw that come in. It is a grapefruit green tea slushy. A grapefruit green tea slushy. Look at I that. I never had one before. I'm going to take a sip right now. Tell us how it is. You might not want to pull the uh, little tab out of the back there so that you get more air in there. <laughs> That's good. Grapefruit green tea slushy. Where did you get that, sir? Uh, at the Grapefruit Green Tea Slushy, slushy store. store. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, we got a little uh, Poke Bowl for dinner. Uh, my son's jazz band concert was tonight, so he wanted to have Poke Bowl. There you go. So, uh, and uh, I said they have bubble tea, but I'm not a fan of the no, not tapioca. So, so I said, get me a slushy. And they were nice enough to bring it to me now instead of me going down to drink it two hours from now <laughs> when it's just a mess. When it's just a mess, yeah, I don't want. Pretty that. good though, Maui Poke Bowl in Comac, New York. There you go. If you're in Comac, go to Maui Poke Bowl. I Shout out for the mango, mango green tea slushy. Is that the poke? Is that the? Oh no, you weren't a Poke Bowl. You were ramen that night when you picked up the uh, and you did the beginning yeah, of the show from different. the car. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a little farther away. Okay. This is really good though. I can't. I've never eaten their food, but I can now recommend the grapefruit green tea slushy. There you go. All right. 
Well, anyway, on that note, for Mr. Reggie Jackson, number uh, number, number six, six. On our, number six on our list tonight. There you go. All right, that brings us to number five. Number five is Mr. Mel Ott. Mr. Mel Ott played for the New York Giants from twenty six to forty seven, and then managed the New York Giants for the last five years of his career, six years of his career, and uh, a year afterwards as well. Twelve time All Star, World Series champion, thirty three. Um, six-time National League home run leader, National League RBI leader in 34. His number four is retired with the Giants. Of course, he's in Cooperstown. Career batting average, 304, 2,876 hits, 511 home runs, and 1,860 RBIs. And can no I add to, add to that 1,700 walks? Yeah, yeah, 1,700 walks. He had two, walks. four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like ten seasons with more than 100 walks. Yeah, it's insane. So either the pitching was really bad for at least a number of those ten or seasons. Or he knew how to grind out a walk. He, or they didn't want to throw to him. And he was, yeah, has yeah. the most efficient name in the history of baseball. Mel I believe Ott. he does Melvin, hold the record for the shortest name. Melvin mm-hmm. Thomas Ott. So no no shortening the last name, Mel Ott. There you go. Master Melvin was his nickname, by the way. Yeah. There you go. Number five on our list, Mr. Mel Ott. Brings us to number four, whose shirt I am wearing, jersey, excuse me, I am wearing tonight, Mr. Roberto Clemente. There you go. And that is your answer to your question before, Radio Pete. There we go. Well, that's uh, that. Uh, that is an excellent choice on your part, sir. I figured I'd, I'd, figured I'd pay homage. There you go. Roberto Enrique Clemente Walker. Uh He played his entire career for the Pittsburgh Pirates, 1955 through 1972. Uh, 15-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ in 1960 and in 1971. National League MVP in 66, World Series MVP in 71. 12-time Gold Glove Award winner, four-time National League batting champion, four-time National League batting champion, uh, 61, 4, 5, and 7. his number 21, of course, is retired by the Pirates. He's in Cooperstown, and here are his career numbers. Three, uh, career batting average, 317. Uh, hits, exactly 3,000. Home runs, exactly 240. And RBIs, 1,305. And there you go, Roberto Clemente, number four on our list tonight. Guys? One of the best ever. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, the top four on this list could be easily in the top ten of you know, baseball players of all time. Yep. Yep. And, and amazing. And if, and if you've been paying attention, any of these stats we read, a lot of these, you know, players that are making our top 10, obviously are in Cooperstown or going to Cooperstown or already in Cooperstown. And they all have, a, they all have a lot of things in common with their, with their stats and their accolades and everything else. But a lot of them do have one thing in common and they have the Roberto Clemente award. Yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> interestingly enough, Roberto Clemente never won that award. He did not. No, no. Yeah. Actually, I think in the privacy of his own home, he probably won it every year. Yeah, he won every night. Well, he, every night, he, he just gave it. it to himself. Yeah, Major League. Yeah, in uh, uh, when he uh, when he retired, he uh, Major League Baseball renamed the annual Commissioner's Award in his honor. So it's the nice the Roberto Clemente Award. So who it's the given to the player who best exemplifies the game of baseball, sportsmanship, community involvement, and the individual's contribution to his team. Those are the uh, stipulations there. So there you go. Number four on our list. The Boy, man. We, we almost had the, the same four guys, not quite in the exact same order, but pretty yeah. close to the same order. I, too. I'm surprised this list is as, as you know, kind of matched up as it is. 
We were we were pretty much in there. Yeah. I can't believe I left Tony Gwynn off the list though. That was a bit of an oversight. Yeah. A bit of an oversight on my well, but I only had ten. But he wouldn't he wouldn't have been my eleventh. Would have gotcha. moved some guys down. Now that was I was in a bit of a rush. Not Sorry. A no worries. He's hey, still, he's still, he's still on the list. He's still on the list. He's so, on the list. Yeah. It proves our point that he's maybe one of the most underrated, overlooked yeah, players in the history of the game. If it exactly. wasn't for Manetti, I probably would have been. That's right. I probably would have been fifth. Yeah. So there you go. Number four on our list once again. My bad. Roberto Clemente. All right. That brings us to number three. Number three on our list is Mr. Frank Robinson. Frank Robinson. No middle name. No nickname. Frank Robinson. There you go. Mr. 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 Frank Robinson. There you go. Mr. Frank, Mr. Robinson. He played his. Also known as Mr. Three. Here's to you, Mr. Three. Yes. Here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Uh, he played for the Reds. He played for the Orioles. He played for the Dodgers. He played for the Angels, and he played for the Indians. Uh, obviously, a um, lot of years with the Reds before he went to the Orioles, and then he bounced around the last couple of years of his career. But he was a manager afterwards, though. Uh, manager for the Indians uh, a couple of years while he played, and then a year afterwards. I uh, managed the Giants for a few years in the early 80s. Managed the Orioles again for a few years uh, late 80s, early 90s, and then managed the uh, Expos uh, slash Nationals. He was the Expos last and Nationals first manager um, from 02 to 06. And, of course, he he's, uh, was a coach in, in amongst all those years as well. Here's his numbers. 14-time All-Star, two-time World Series champ in 66 and 70. Uh, he did not win in 69 uh, because of another team. Um, National League MVP in 61, American League MVP in 66. Uh, World Series MVP also in 66. Triple Crown in 66. 66 was a good year for him. Um, National League Rookie of the Year in 56. Uh, Gold Glove Award winner. Uh, American League Manager of the Year Award in 89. His number 20 with the Reds is retired. His number 20 with the Orioles is retired. His number 20 with the Indians is retired. Uh, he's in the Reds, Orioles, and Indians Hall of Fame. He's in the Washington Nationals Ring of Honor. He's in Cooperstown. And his career stats are 294 batting average, 2,943 hits, 586 home runs, and 1,812 RBIs. Mr. No, Mr. Three. <laughs> Mr. Three. Frank Mr. Robinson. Three. Frank Robinson. There you go. Guys? Yeah. Not as well known as he should have been, maybe. Mm -hmm. Maybe because he didn't have very good postseason numbers. Yeah. And One that's often what people remember. Sure. But uh, I mean, what was he? A two or three time triple crown winner? Is that my yeah, wrong triple about crown that? One, one time, one time, sixty. One time, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, led in basically all the other categories, or most of them, a couple of times. Uh, just a great player, you know. Uh, yeah. Twenty years, twenty-one years in the in the league. But uh, he was on the Reds so early on; they were the Red Legs when he was on them first. So. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, several was... seasons with his ops over one. Okay. That's four, insane. four, or five of them. I mean, that tells you something I, right there. I, I, I think he's the best Oriole of all time. I know that yeah. will rub some people the wrong way, especially because I think one of those people is highly overrated on that list. And there's another Robinson on the Orioles <laughs> that that deserve. I mean, I would put them both as the best Oriole of all time. Frank Robinson was a great player. Yeah. And uh, you know, Frank, Frank, and, Frank and Brooks were both very good. So. Yeah, to, to be number three on this list, especially with who's coming up at number one and two. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's it's impressive, and he is a little overlooked. I mean, he, he did. Did we lose Pat? Uh, he's frozen. Harry. Yes. There you oh, go. there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, so we didn't hear any of that. That's okay. Let's move on. Number two. <laughs> I think it's the most brilliant thing you've ever said. I think it was very good, actually. No, uh, but you're absolutely right, though. He 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 was one of the one of the best Orioles ever. Um, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, you could put him in wherever. I mean, we'll 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 go around uh, another. I another have him at number we'll one. When we get that, to a, but... when, when, if this podcast gets that boring that we have the top ten Orioles, the Orioles, time, then we'll he's your number one. I got you. All right. Number three on our list, Mr. Three, Frank Robinson. There How about go. top 10 uh, Orioles right fielders? Top How about ten top 10 or- Robinsons? Top 10, ten, top 10 Robinsons on the Orioles that uh, played the outfield. Just <laughs> top 10 Robinsons. We might have 12 yeah. of those. Well, this <laughs> has okay. to be in there, right? Top 10 Robinsons yeah, would be very interesting. Yeah. Right. You know, that would be very interesting. We could do that. We could do something right. like that. Why not? I mean, who's going to win it? Is it going to be David Robinson or Robinson Crusoe? You know, I don't know. <laughs> it could be a lot. Uh, it could be. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out, though. But All right. Let's move number on three. Number two. Number two. Number two is Mr. Hammer and Hank. Hank Aaron. Harry, Henry Lewis Aaron. Hammer or Hammer and Hank were both his nicknames. He was on uh, the. Well, let's see. He started on the Indianapolis Clowns. Uh, for a season, and then he moved on to the major. Uh, to, Doing uh, mostly kids' parties and bar mitzvahs. Exactly right. Um, he was on the Milwaukee. Why would you name a team that? I don't know. He was on the Milwaukee and Atlanta Braves from '54 to '74, and he finished up his career for a couple of years back in Milwaukee on the Brewers. Ready for this? Twenty-five time All Star. Twenty-five time All Star. Uh, World Series champ in '57. Uh, National League MVP in '57. Three time Gold Glove Award winner. Two-time National League batting champion, four-time National League home run leader, four-time National League RBI leader. His number 44 is retired by the Braves. His number 44 is also retired by the Brewers. He's in the Braves Hall of Fame. He's in the American Family Field Walk of Fame. He's in the Brewers Wall of Honor. Uh, Major League Baseball all-century team he made. Here's his Major League Baseball record. Here we go. 2,297 career RBIs. 6,856 career total bases. 1,477 career extra base hits. Uh, there's another number on there that was broken several years back. We know what that was. And uh, No, I don't believe that was broken. You don't believe it was broken? Not legitimately. Well, it was legitimately or illegitimately broken. It was broken by, uh, by somebody in San Francisco. But in any event, he's in Cooperstown, and the rest of his numbers are as follows. Uh, career batting average, 305, uh, 3,771 hits. 755 home runs. That's the record, obviously, we're talking about. And uh, RBIs, we mentioned it before, 2,297. Mr. Hammer and Hank Aaron. 2,000 RBIs. That's ridiculous. 2,297 RBIs. One of the best moments in sports history was when he broke, you know, uh, the home run record. I mean, and, you know, again, we have a a lot of candy bars on this list tonight. Yes, Uh, we do. Uh, yes, we do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's, uh, you got there's three. You got, we got three. We've had two, and uh, I think we're coming up on one in right. in a minute or so. I would argue maybe maybe number two on the list, maybe number three on the candy bar, but number two on the list, number three on the candy bar. Yeah, um, I have to. I have to. Yeah. But by the way, uh, a, a much smaller sample size for postseason numbers for Hammer and Hank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seventeen games in over the course of three series, three sixty two. 
with uh, six home <laughs> runs, 16 RBIs, 11 runs scored, and an ops of 11-16. He won, he won one more 49 series, total bases. 49 total bases. Those, Those are good postseason numbers, yeah. folks. He won one, right? <laughs> uh, I, no. Uh, yeah, he won. In, in 57, he won. He won. Early, pretty early on, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, and who was that? Who was that one against? Do you remember? Uh, hmm. I think they, they played play? in New York. Who could they be playing in 1957? Probably, yeah. it, probably one of the teams that's always in the World Series. Yeah, <laughs> I believe the the uh, uh, most successful professional sports. Yeah, team that would be them. That would be them. But not that year. No, uh, they weren't. They weren't successful there. They, the rest of that decade, pretty much. But not yeah, that year. yeah, that was the one year that, <laughs> that guy's shoelace broke and he missed that ground yeah, ball. Yeah, and yeah. That was it. The game that was, was it. There you go. But uh, number two on our list, Hammer and Hank Aaron. There you go. And that brings us to number one. Number one is, of course, none other than George Herman the Babe Ruth, the Bambino, the Sultan of SWAT. Great nicknames for this guy. And and another candy bar as well. He's on the Red Sox from 1914 to 1919. He was on the Yankees from 1920 to 1920. I'm sorry, to 1934. And then he finished up his career back in Boston on the Braves in 1935. Two-time All-Star. Only a two-time All-Star. Why? Because they only started the All-Star game late in his career. Uh, Actually, that, he was named. He was named to two All-Star teams in the 70s, long after he was dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seven-time World Series champion. <laughs> Seven-time World Series champion. 1915, 1916, 1918, all with the Red Sox, and then 23, 27, 28, and 32 with the Yankees. American yeah. League MVP in 23. AL batting champion 24. 12-time American League home run leader. Six-time American League RBI leader. Uh, American League ERA leader in 1916. Yes, he pitched two, folks. His number three is retired by the Yankees. Of course, he's in Monument Park. He's in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. He's on the all-century team, all-time team. And uh, just I could go on and on with other career achievements and records, but I'll just mention his career stats. Of course, he's in Cooperstown, by the way, uh, as if you didn't think that. Uh, career batting average, 342. Uh, career hits, 2,873. Career home runs, 714. Was broken by the previous gentleman. Um Runs batted in 2,213. And, uh, yeah, there you go. And his win-loss record uh, as uh, as a starting pitcher was 94-46. and 46. Uh, Career with ERA. A, with a 228 ERA. A 228 yeah. And how many complete games? Uh, yeah, hold on. Uh, you 107. 107 complete games. There yeah. you go. 100 out of, out, of, out of 140 out of 107 complete games out of 140 games he played out of 140 games that he played. <laughs> yeah by, oh, by, by the way i think i think he played 21 seasons maybe 22 and he was in 10 world series yeah, yeah. and yeah. he had 17 shutouts and four saves 107 <laughs> complete so, games so of the of the other 33 <laughs> games right. that he that, uh, not including the other 33 games. Yeah. Other than the 140 games he pitched, he came in and saved three games. Right. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. There's was, a, look, there's a reason why he's the greatest. Yeah, there's a reason why there's a legend about this guy. Yeah. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. 
I mean, it was really his advanced training techniques and Absolutely. his strict vegan diet. I mean, that, his that, vegan diet, <laughs> and I mean, he never <laughs> touched a drop of alcohol or ate yeah. any fatty yeah. foods at all. Yeah. The animals that they made into those little sausages that he ate, they ate, they were vegetarian. They were vegetarian. And so right. by extension, so was he. Right. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. If you <laughs> just go go to what you guys you guys use uh, baseballreference.com. It's existing. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I encourage anybody out there uh, who's listening, just go there and just look up Babe Ruth's stats and all the black, all the yeah. uh, the bold numbers. Oh yeah, which are bold. either yeah. A league Roll leading records. or uh, or um, major league baseball leading, major right or uh, or baseball leading. It's just uh, his 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 uh, stat sheet is just peppered with bold. It's it's ridiculous. bolded numbers and uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. You can't you can't make this up. It's it's just insane to think about and everything. Right. You could just keep reading stats on and on and on, and and they don't stop. No, that's no, no. So many. And I mean, look, he played a long time ago. When the game was a little bit different, but he wasn't playing in you know the eighteen hundreds. No, you know he. I mean, he was. I don't know what. What do we consider the modern era? Is it the fifties uh, on 50s or the forties on? I would forties maybe. Post war, late forties, yeah. post war. Yeah, after after World War Two. So you know, he was a little late bit before 40s that, on. but the game was still the game. It wasn't the same. Well, you know, think, think about it. Think about his, well, think about his home run record. I mean, he he was hitting home runs in enormous stadiums. It was not a home run, yeah. you know, derby going on. I mean, if he played, you know, if you transported Babe Ruth to that time, at that time, to modern day ballparks, right? What would the home run number be? Yeah, you know, I mean, no, he he yeah, he, and he was I mean, yeah, and he really was without any. Contemporaries, no. yeah. I mean, he was just doing things that literally no one else was doing, had done, and maybe will ever do again. At least not to the and and not maybe, the same volume. And maybe the biggest celebrity star in sports history. I mean, if you think about just how much of an attraction he was during that time, yep. you could you could talk about Michael Jordan. You can talk about. You know Wayne Gretzky. You could talk about somebody. No, no, nobody comes close to. What people used to travel on the train to go. You know, to, just to, to get the, maybe the chance to see him play. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was. He was larger than life, literally and figuratively. And uh, his numbers. His numbers are even more impressive than when you, what you think they would be. They are. They are. And amazing. And number one on our list tonight. That's for sure, Mister. George Herman, Babe Ruth. I love that. Sultan of Swat. And, of course, the Bambino. Babe Ruth, number one. All right. That wraps up our top ten for tonight. That'll bring us to this week's Old Balls. Old Balls. Harry, why don't you tell us who this week's Old Balls recipient is? This week's recipient of the Old Balls reward is none other than Dave Parker, the Cobra. Yeah, and I know, another Pittsburgh Pirate from my old balls. But you know what? He was really good, and he almost made my list, so that's why I wanted him on here. He was a seven-time All-Star. Uh, he was he was a two-time World Series champion, played for the Pirates uh, and uh, the Oakland Athletics. Uh, that's who he won World Series with. He played for the Reds, the Brewers, the Angels, and the Blue Jays. Actually played till 1991, which is yep. pretty incredible. Had a career batting average of 290, 
2,712 hits, 339 home runs, and just under 1,500 RBIs. He was the first professional athlete to earn an average of $1 million a year, having signed a five-year, $5 million contract in 1979. Early on in his career, he was also uh, you know, a three three consecutive gold gloves. And from 1975 to 1979, he threw out 72 runners, including 26 in 1977. Um, you know, he, he was probably the best player on the team, you know, on that Pirates team that, that, and then, you know, a number of years later, wound up winning it, winning the World Series again with the Oakland A's. And, uh, he is, he's in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. He's, I don't believe he's actually in the Hall of Fame. He's not in Cooperstown, no. Um, he's one of those guys who I think, hmm, I think he deserves to be. I think he kind of gets overlooked a little bit. Seven-time All-Star. Uh, he was in the National League MVP in 1978, three-time Silver Slugger Award. And he, he won the, you know, he was a two-time National League batting champion, which you don't think of him as, you know, hitting. But he was not only a, a power hitter, he was just a great hitter. And uh, I think, you know, one of the one of my favorite players to watch as a kid, he was just, he was, he was really good. He was. And that's why he is this week's recipient of the coveted, the just exceptionally overrated old balls award. <laughs> the old balls. Old ball. Yeah, yeah, he's a good one. Two nine. Look, career numbers: two ninety, twenty seven hundred hits. Yeah, fourteen hundred RBIs. I mean, these are these are to me these are Hall of Fame worthy numbers. Oh, they're definitely Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, two two time batting champion. I mean. Granted, there were people back then. You know, he was—he's no Tony Gwynn, where he didn't—he didn't win fourteen batting titles. But um, that's still—he—he was—he was larger than life for a few years there, and he went down. You know, he had some injuries that set him back a little bit, but he was—he uh, was a hell of a player. And uh, big more, part more than five hundred doubles and yeah, seventy-five yeah. triples. Yeah, he, he was a slugger, and he was, he, was a, he was a good all-around player. And he was a big dude, but he could move. He was, a, you know, early on before some injuries, he was a hell of an outfielder. Yep. Yeah, and one, and maybe one of the strongest arms in the history of the. Of the I mean, he, in one year, what was it? Twenty-six. He threw out twenty-six runners in one year. Threw that's, out twenty-six. Runners. That's uh, pretty crazy. S- he threw that's out of, 26 so. runners in 77. Yeah. yeah, that's unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> of course, nowadays, there's not 27 runners that anybody gets a chance to throw out. <laughs> no, Maybe in all. extra innings, you know, with the man on second. Maybe over the course of somebody's career now. That's right. About, yeah. Yeah. Imagine if he had man on second in the extra inning games that he played in. <laughs> Unbelievable. And there you go. Dave Parker. Dave Parker, this week's Old Balls. Old that's a, Balls. I mean, this list has Babe Ruth on it, but... Is this overall the strongest list we've had by position? Uh, center field and right field are pretty, pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, pretty pretty stacked, stacked, right? Yeah. Yeah. So was uh, catchers pretty amazing. Yeah. First base, first base was pretty <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, I mean you go through them. Stan Musial, you got Musial and then, but you know, yeah, it's short, shortstop was pretty amazing. Third base was pretty fun. Absolutely, uh, you know. And folks, if you missed any of these, uh, you know, we urge you to go back and listen to the other podcasts that we did these lists on. However, if you want to just see the list, you can go check out our Instagram page, Get On With It podcast on Instagram. 
uh, all of the uh, we post up every week, and a couple of uh, archive ones as well. Every week we post up our uh, our top ten list, so you can check them out there as well. Um, yeah, nice, so nice plug. Little little plug action for well you. Well done, sir. Well done. I try. I try. All right. All right. Well, so we uh, let's let's. Let's Thanks, tip- folks. <clears throat> Let's tiptoe oh. through NFL really quick. There's a couple of things to play. Yeah. Um, no, I just got a, I got a couple of things for you, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk some basketball. Harry and Pete's spirits break for a moment. Oh. Uh, there you yeah. go. Well, the Giants yeah. sign a cornerback. None of that shit. None of that defensive end is back with the – No, no, no. I got, I got a couple of questions for you. No, seriously. Jordan Richards is back with the Vikings. I got some questions for you. Lay it on us. Lay it on us. First of all, I want your opinions. Have you seen Madden – uh, Madden this year's Madden comes out tomorrow uh, from EA Sports, uh, and they're, they've been they've been teasing who the, who's going to be on the cover. Well, it's got to be um, Danny Dimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought I thought it was going to be us. I thought it was going to be three of us on the cover. Yeah, well. But uh, in any event, they've been teasing it. Uh, they've been putting two goats. They open up a door and two goats walk out. Okay, so. <laughs> Who we we got to take our guesses now. We got to take our guesses for this because it's going to be released tomorrow. Who are these goats? And are there going to be? I'm assuming there's going to be two. And this is the only the second time ever that Madden has actually done uh, two, people on the cover. two people on the cover. The first one was Madden 10, was Troy uh, Palomalu and Larry Fitzgerald. Um, so who who do we think these two goats are going? Well, it's got to be. A, does it have to be an active player or not? I, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, I think actually, it always, I think, yeah, it is. I think it's right? always an active player. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, curse well, if you have a, somebody well, retired. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. You're not going to see. You know, uh, I well, it's going to be Brady, of course. And um, I don't know. I don't think there's any other active goats on in the NFL right now. I, I could think of one that uh, if they're going to Aaron Rodgers, they're going to put Aaron Rodgers on. Yeah, I yeah. could think that. That's what I say. I think it's going to be Brady and Rodgers. Or well, I think he's going to be the first the, player to not play in the, the year that he's on the mat. And uh, are they going to do the? Um, will they do the Brady Mahomes, the old goat, new goat thing? Well, that that's another theory too. They could do the old goat, new goat, uh, Brady Mahomes. The other thing that I heard was they're going to put two new, bucks. New goat. He's got one. <laughs> they're going to yeah right. They're gonna put uh, uh, two two bucks uh, uh, on on it and, and put uh, Brady Giannis on it. Right? <laughs> put Giannis on it and his brother. <laughs> and his brother. Did you guys know there were two on? Yes, yes. Yeah. I knew his okay. brother was on it. Yeah. I think they have two Antetokounmpo's and two Lopez's, right? They no. do. Yeah, Brooks, Brooks Lopez and Frank Lopez, and Jennifer Lopez, <laughs> Brooks and Frank Robinson Lopez. Yeah. They go along, but Jennifer yeah. Lopez. Yeah, there you go. She's she's gonna she she might do a better job covering uh kick Durant. Uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, but in any event, yeah, no, I, a couple people said they're gonna put uh, Brady and Gronk on the cover. Uh, well, yeah, like, I don't know. I I, yeah, I, I I I'm not really gonna call Gronk a goat, but he's know. pretty close though. You know, I mean, he is up. He was he was number four on our tight ends list. Well, there you go. Uh, so, but he, but that doesn't he, that. It means he's, the fourth, mean he he's the fourth greatest of all time. That though, doesn't you know? mean he belongs there. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Uh, well, we don't think he's the GOAT, but maybe EA Sports does. But in any event, um, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, if I had to vote, I'd say old GOAT, new GOAT. I'm going with Brady and Rodgers. Uh, I think that – I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and uh, and uh, what's his name from – Danny Dimes. From, uh, what's his name from the Seahawks doing GOAT yoga? Russell okay. Wilson. Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. There you go. <laughs> uh, it's well, let's see who. 
<clears throat> I'm gonna, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Brady and Rodgers. Uh, I I think uh, that yeah. I think that EA Sports is buying into this whole Rodgers thing and what what's going on this year and everything else. I think that I think it's a you know perfect time for them to. Uh, it's gonna be Danny Dimes and Chad Pennington. Danny Dimes and Chad Pennington. Uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. the, maybe maybe it's the uh, goat of New York quarterbacks. There you go. The goat of New York quarterbacks. <laughs> so who would it be? Who would be the goat of New York I don't quarterbacks? Know, Charlie Ward is no longer playing. Charlie Ward is not a player anymore. So. <laughs> there you go. Hey, it could be. Uh, you never know. It could be. Um, uh, you know, Jacksonville's new quarterback and the Jets' new quarterback too. It could be. Uh, yeah. Could be. Uh, you know, the new brand new goats. Yeah, you know? that would be the. Togs. Togs. <laughs> togs. There you go. I'll be waiting with dated togs. Togs. Yeah. Togs. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Anyway, all right. So we've got our we've got our picks. Um yes. couple things really quick just to run by you. Uh, I, I thought this was interesting. Jack Brown of the score predicts that Adrian Peterson will land on the Giants. Yeah, I saw that. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> really, not. it's the first time uh, I saw for, it. So. For when Saquon Barkley gets hurt, of course. Uh, yeah, just uh, well, maybe to maybe to teach Saquon Barkley how to, you Beat know, come back. With a switch. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, how to uh, how to <laughs> come to, back from an ACL injury? Blow out your knee entirely, even worse yeah. than you. Than <laughs> I Barkley mean, did I'm, I'm not opposed back. to it. I'm not opposed to it, but you know, it's like, yeah, Kyle Rudolph and Adrian Peterson line up. I mean, better we could wheel out Harry Carson to play linebacker. And, Why uh, not? Yeah, yeah. But uh, and on that note too, they mean uh, there's uh, uh, there's some pundits going around saying with the additions of Kenny Galladay and the signing of uh, Kadarius Tony, what's the likelihood of Darius Slayton having like a breakout year? Because you know, yeah, because no, because they're gonna yeah, they're gonna be covering Galladay and Tony. And look, I, I've said this before, and you think I'm joking? The Giants might have depth wise the most receiving talent, at, at least the potential for it. And they've mentioned Sterling Shepard on there too, either. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. And they finally have a tight end who can catch the ball. That's sure. not. That's an actual tight end. Right. Um, th- can they block and can he throw? That's really going to be the question. That's really the only question. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if he can't get it done, if the offensive line shows up and is seventy five percent of what their potential is, and our favorite quarterback can't get it done this year, then. They ain't going to get that. Well, that's why they have the draft capital for next year, right? Right. That's what yeah, they, they already yeah. have the Giants drafting a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I think there's been <laughs> well, four. Well, you already mock- do. So. No, they had it. They, I no, I know. They did. Yeah, they did. They did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe there's already 2022 mock drafts. Of course. Like, who, who, who The 2022 mock drafts came out three minutes after round one ended this year. They were still doing mock drafts for 2021 after the draft was over. I, it was just, come on. <laughs> I don't care what they picked. These are the ones they should have. Here's how it should have gone. Here's how it should have gone. If we're, if we're uh, still doing this next year, remind me to, to, to have a vacation on the draft episode. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to the Jets. One uh, thing that did you see? Uh, uh, did you see Jameson Crowder agreed to take a big pay cut to avoid a potential release? Jay Crowder, the, the backup <laughs> Jay Crowder, Jay, Jameson Crowder. Well, good for him. Uh, um, last season, last season he had 59 receptions, six, 699 yards, and six receiving TDs. He obviously wants to stay on the Jets, so he took a big pay cut. So, has anybody um, checked his head? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's he's buying into. Uh, he's got to like Robert what, uh, Yeah, he's got to like what he's seeing with like uh, the, he's coach, in, uh, the coaching staff. He's buying I'm, into. I'm, uh, he's a to good see what... I'm, I'm not happy to have him. I'm yeah. sorry he had to take no, this I, money. I think, I think it's only his third season. He's a young. He's a young receiver. He's the best receiver on the Jets by far. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. Was he was he Pro Bowler last year? I think he was, wasn't he? Did he? Um, I don't know. I don't Somebody think so. had to go know. from the Jets, right? Somebody. Well, not, not really. necessarily. Not necessarily. No. <laughs> John Riggins was sent. From well, the I mean, I know it's. I know it's not a rule. <laughs> well, it was what's his name, the uh, running back, the... <laughs> Sean Green. No, uh, <laughs> the ninety-five-year-old running back. Oh, Frank Gore, of course. Oh, yeah, Frank Gore, all-star. Right. Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah, Frank, uh, Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson, both in New York. It's Frank Gore had 390 carries and uh, 911 yards last season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just great. And, was, and Sean Green was like 10 years ago, and Frank Gore is still older than Sean Green. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still playing. He's still playing. He's yeah, Sean play. Green is uh, <laughs> sitting on his porch playing with his grandkids, and Frank yeah, Gore's exactly. sacking up for another game on Sunday. Frank Gore's playing football with his son for, for money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. And one one other thing on uh, NFL news too. Uh, uh, Fox uh, the report came out. Fox actually recently interviewed uh, Alex Smith and Jay Gruden for analyst jobs, and uh, that came after Alex Smith actually interviewed with ESPN, NFL Network, and CBS. So uh, apparently, apparently, uh, old regime of uh, Washington's gonna uh, you know be commentating this year. And, yeah, doing some good analysis work. So uh, there you go. Right. That would be pretty All good. Right. Just um, actually one other thing. Yeah. Uh, unless you have something else for uh, football. No, will you do it. I got one thing on football. Um, oh, okay. It's, well, it's you the, go. You do your football thing, and then I got a quick football well, it's, thing. Well, it's the, it's the quiz. We started the quiz last oh. week. We did it on uh, – I did it for you guys on uh, baseball. I got one for you this week on football. Next All week, right. basketball. Well, then I'll, so. I'll – uh, I just want to follow up on the Sheldon Richardson, Richardson story. Okay. Uh, as we uh, – uh, the Minnesota Vikings bid farewell to punter Zach von Rosenberg, okay. uh, who they uh, let go to make room for Richardson, who's returning to the Vikings after a eh, somewhat unspectacular uh, 2018 season. So. Yes. So, just well, to, there you go. Uh, <laughs> to me, that was, the, to me that was the most interesting story. In, well, yeah, it in, is. In Sheldon Richardson getting another shot in Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, I mean, wasn't he like a – he was a top ten pick, I think. He right? was, yeah. He was. He yeah, was, he was like pick. number three overall, or something like that. He was, he was a high pick, he and uh, didn't do so well there. So they. He was. He was my number sixteen as top ten right fielders the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you, uh, you but, made it up uh, that high on your list. I had him twenty one. Yeah. yeah. So, so they brought him back. Yeah. See, to me, that's like an old school coach moment. Yeah. Uh, listen, Sheldon Richardson's coming back, but we gotta make room for him. Ah, get rid of a punter. <laughs> We don't need. Yeah. We got too many punters on this. Wait, team. I don't know. Can I, Richardson punt? Can Richardson punt? There's only, Good. There's punt. only there's only two teams in the NFL that cannot afford to not have backup punter. That's the New York Giants and the New York Jets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the most important. It's their best offensive weapon. Uh, yeah, and and you never know. I mean, if they if the Giants don't take a quarterback, they might uh, they might take a Just punter with one of those punter. two first picks. First round picks next year. They yeah. need. They yeah. need. Uh, who is the? Uh, I think it was the Miami. Dolphin for a while. Jensen, Jeff Jensen, Jeff Jensen. Yeah, he was like a quarterback and a punter, and he sure. placed kick and oh, back in safety. the day. Back in the day, most of your punters were backup quarterbacks. Yeah, um, yeah. not anymore. Not anymore. Sometimes that insurance was, salesmen. That's and, too and, much. Well, in the off season, in the off season. So the specialty um, demands of punting has ended that <laughs> practice. Yeah, really. All right, here's this week's quiz. Ready? Yeah. Um, two running backs stay. I'm sorry. Two running backs stay, three running backs got to go. I'm giving you five. Who are you keeping? I'll go with, I'll go with uh, who wants to go first? Pete. I'll go first. Pete, Pete goes first. Here we go. 
Two running, you got to keep two. Get rid of you three, gotta you got to keep two. I'm right? getting five different ones? You're, uh, yeah, you're getting, you're getting Giants. Pete's getting Jets. Here oh, we go. Okay. Oh, okay. There you go. All right, Pete, here we go. Uh, Curtis Martin. Are you writing down, or are you uh, just going to remember? I thought he was looking for a pen. He's, I he's, he's looking just, for his mango green Mango. sweating on my desk, so I'm putting a towel on it. Oh, there you go. I knew it had to do with his mango smoothie. <laughs> he wouldn't, so have, been, he wouldn't uh, have been that interested. Look at that. It's look delicious. That. Very nice. There you go. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, Curtis Martin, Freeman McNeil, Emerson Boozer, Ladanian Tomlinson, or John Reggins? I got to keep two. And it has to be their, their time with the team. Oh, yeah. It was. And their time with the team, when they played with the team, they're in, in the best shape of their careers, blah, 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 blah. You know, all of that. So, oh, you can't. Wow. Ladanian uh, Tomlinson wasn't at his best with the, the Martin and uh, Freeman. Yeah, I'd you're agree. keeping Curtis Martin and Freeman. Curtis, Curtis and Freeman. Curtis, I agree. Curtis and Freeman. You got no, although I, I do have, I don't know. I mean, if I could take Ladanian Tomlinson as a Charger, then yeah, yeah. I, I, I have I, to I, apologize I, to my, you know, neighbor Emerson Boozer. Emerson Boozer, yeah, uh, who was one of my, I, you know, he was one of my favorite players just because of his name when I was, you know, like sure. seven or whatever. I was like Boozer, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a Boozer, yeah. hey, yeah. Well, no, not that way. It's just a cool sounding word. <laughs> his wife, his, his wife, year old, I didn't know what that meant. But. He's married to Elaine Boozler, right? Uh, sure. sure, sure, why not? Sure. But um, all right, and John Reagan's. No, I'll throw that. I'll throw that in there too. I had to throw an old school one in there. I'll throw. I'll throw that in there too. Ladanian Tomlinson in his heyday in San Diego. You have him there. He's not just just what he played oh, in the Jets. Boy. Then, then what do you do? Curtis Martin and Ladanian. It's Martin and Tomlinson. Then, right. sorry, Freeman. All right, all right. Well, there you go. All right, let's move it over to Harry. Harry, here's your five. Ready? Two okay. Got, two got to stay. Three got to go. Here we go. Saquon, Brandon Jacobs, Joe Morris, Tiki Barber, and Frank Gifford. Frank Gifford's a tough one. Jacobs, Morris, Tiki. Say that one more time. Jacobs, Morris, Tiki, Saquon, and, and Frank. Yeah, or the GIF. And the GIF. Yeah. I mean, look, numbers-wise, I just can't stand him, so fuck you, Tiki. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take Joe Morris and the GIF. Joe Morris and Frank Gifford. There you go. Pete, you I, think I, might, I think I might. I think I would agree with that. Tiki's I mean, got, I would take really good Anderson. numbers, right? But yeah, Tiki's but still Tiki still holds records. So yeah, he was great. His numbers are great. He he he. he uh, but he just punked out, and I can't have that on my team. So yeah, yeah. yeah I think I'd go. Well, <laughs> my friend Jimmy used to call Little Train Joe Morris. Little Train Joe Morris. There you <laughs> Little go. Little Train Joe. Joe Morris is amazing. He was. Yeah. Did he have like he a went, ninety yard run with one shoe? Uh, he did. He did. Were we he at to, that game? I think we were. Oh, yeah. yeah, we were actually. Yeah, we were. We were. we're like, and you said it too. Is he running with a sock on? <laughs> <laughs> he was so fast, he ran out of his shoe. He was, and he was shows. He was so small, he ran under defenders too. That's right. He didn't yeah. jump over them. He went. Well, right he, the Giants have had a number of. He didn't have to duck know, either. He just ran underneath them. Lo- just, lowerly, cha- you know, lowerly heighted uh, running backs over the years. Yeah, they were. T- uh, but Morris, uh, ver- Morris verti- vertically challenged. Morris there. was. Uh, more of a power runner than you would think. He was. He, yeah. His legs were. I mean, you know, you look at Barkley's yeah, legs. Fire, Joe Morris. They were. They were damn close. And, you know, yeah. and maybe the best Giants offensive line of all time. Oh, by, I mean, without they, a doubt, they opened oh, yeah. up system, some holes for system running back. System running back. You could have put uh, you know, 
A guy on crutches to offensive that line, line would have gotten three yards to carry. Yeah, no, but... not necessarily, but Otis Anderson still you know had a rebirth <laughs> with that offensive line he did. too. He did. He did. <laughs> and he, he was about as fast as I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Little Train Anderson. Little Train Anderson. <laughs> O.J. Anderson. Big Train. And then he and and then the story where he he came out and wearing the uh, um, practice pants uh, because he didn't think he was starting the game, and then he just wound up wearing the practice pants every game because they won that game. That's great. Well, you know how like guys don't wear any padding now. He had so he 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 had like garbage can lids in his pants. <laughs> I mean, he, he had the most enormous thighs of all time, but then also these pads. And so like he would lift up his leg and like 260 pound linebackers would go flying. Right. <laughs> he was a machine. He was a monster. Like he, I mean, he, of, he didn't stiff maybe, arm him. He stiff legged them. Maybe my, one of my favorite giants of all he time. He was. He was pretty good. But yeah, Joe Morris and Frank Gifford. There you go. All right. Yeah, that was cool. a good, uh, that was a good quiz. All right, cool. Uh, well done. These quizzes well done, sir. Well done. I try. I try. Today's quiz is brought to you by. Today's quiz is brought to you by Mr. Seven. Brought to you by Mr. Seven. <laughs> Forest Dairy for all your scrambled <laughs> needs. Forest Dairy. Oh, man. I could go for a scrambled right now. I'm more hungry. So, anyway. All right. And a, Cl- and a Clinton iced tea. Do I, do I want to know what that is? <laughs> No, we'll tell you later. It was the heaviest egg sandwich ever created by the Yeah, game. there was about nine oh, pounds okay. of eggs with cheese and ham on an English muffin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's yeah. a no. Place. It, wasn't, it wasn't. It was a roll. Uh, but, well, it was. It was a roll. But it was like a hybrid English muffin roll, though. It wasn't like a regular. It was a hard roll. roll. It was a hard roll. Yeah, but it was weird the way they cut it. So. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, but, there used to be. And this a place is this was breakfast street. before high school, by the way. This yeah, was, yeah. You, went no. and you ate it while you're walking across the street, and then yeah. you go to. There was a place down the street from me that uh, I think they actually called it the heart attack on a roll sandwich. It, 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 it weighed more than a Chipotle burrito, and this is years before they existed. Wow. That's pretty It was good. like the densest. I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of chickens they got these eggs from, but they were. It was like they a lead big. bomb. In they were belly. pretty heavy. They were That's pretty good stuff. Wash it down with a Yoo-Hoo and go right to gym class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you had gym first period. That's, That's, right. That's oh. a smart idea. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, horrible. let's bring the kids into school and sweat them up. Uh, <laughs> and have them with their full bellies. And with the full bellies, yeah. Cramp up. Scram with cramps. Just <laughs> drag uh, them into the shower. And... Scram with up and go play some floor hockey for 45 minutes. <laughs> I gotta love it. Anyway. Anyway. But, uh, on that note, wow. we will we will finish up. Uh, we will wrap up the NFL. There we go. All right, Let's all right. Up. So uh, that up. was far too long for the. Well, actually, that was probably a pretty it decent amount of NBA, or, uh, no, NFL. It was decent NFL yeah. time. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to uh, let's move on to a little NBA. Uh, I think there's uh, some of that stuff going on uh, now. Yeah. Hey, uh, listen. Uh, no. Atlanta's uh, got it back to down by 15. So. Yeah. Injuries, injuries, I, injuries. I wow. may not be right, but I may not be wrong. Yes, um, I, I, I gotta, wait, I gotta offer condolences to uh, to Harry and his uh, and his Nuggets. No, oh, I mean, yeah. look, look, I mean, the Nuggets were start, <laughs> they're starting backward. Was Frank Capazzo, okay, and Austin Rivers, who wasn't playing basketball <laughs> when the playoffs started. So, you know. The fact that they got as far as they did, I, I look. The, the Nuggets need. It's this Nuggets team is is Jokic and whoever they can. I, I'm not sure some of the moves they made towards the, towards the end of the season really paid off. I think Aaron Gordon sort of disappeared a little bit in this series. 
But having said that, the Suns are a really good team, and the Suns might have the one thing going for them that no other NBA team does, is that they're healthy, and now they're resting. Yeah. This Has there ever been a year where everybody's – every star, almost every star, and I'm not trying to curse anybody here, is has missed a game or is now currently out? Kawhi's out now. Mm-hmm. Finally, when you think the Clippers, maybe this is their path to winning a championship, now Kawhi is out. Embiid mm-hmm. is playing on a torn meniscus. Somehow he's able, you know, he's he's having a good game tonight. I thought for sure the Sixers would he wouldn't be able to play. James Harden comes back and almost loses the game for the Nets. Thank God he 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 had he has the best player in the NBA on his side. Yeah. Look, I do think that this year, and and I and I was talking to some people yesterday. I go, look, Durant's going to come out and he's going to score forty, maybe forty five. No, he scored forty nine. With 17 rebounds and what 12 assists or 10 assists, he was unstoppable. And I I do think that the Nets can beat anybody, even if Harden or Kyrie don't play as long as Durant is healthy. I oh, really do. Yeah. I really do think that. Having played, said he, having he said the entire that, game last night. Having said that, the Bucks down the stretch, Giannis is just horrible, horrible down the stretch of games and the coaching from, that came out of the Milwaukee Bucks, he, he should be gone. It's that bad. Yeah. They were that predictable and that bad. It, you have to get the ball into his hands and the ball just stagnated. They gave the Nets the chance to win that game. And look, if James Harden gets his legs underneath him and it, I mean, he had a horrible game, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think he was just getting his legs. Well, yeah, back, that's so what I mean. Yeah. But what I'm saying, if he if he does get his legs back underneath him and gets and, and gets back into it, fifty percent of what he's capable of, there's nobody beat. And you can talk all you want about Utah or 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 the Clippers or if Kawhi's not healthy, the Clippers have no chance. Right. Um, this is it's it's the Nets' year to win it. I I, I think they the. the Maybe they're going to have to play a Sixers team, but a, a, with a with a, a hurt Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant is is he is the most efficient player I think in the history of the NBA. I think without a doubt he when he is healthy and on the court, he is the best player in the current game today. And I think the only person that could cover him is now hurt on the Clippers. How the the Bucks thought that that covering Durant with PJ Tucker again was going to work. If you're the if you're a two-time MVP, okay, and the best player supposedly on your team, mm-hmm. how are you not stepping up and saying, I got him? How is Giannis not covering Durant? No. I mean, as good as Durant was, he did not have any help from Harden. Joe Harris shot horrible from three-point range. Yep. But the Bucs gave up easy layups to Blake Griffin and Harris and some of the other Nets, you know, second stringers, along with a one of the best games I've ever seen in, in recent history by Kevin Durant. Uh, it was insane. I mean, 49, what, 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. It was, his numbers were, were crazy. And, and the stats were, I mean, he, he's, it's, it's almost more dangerous for the Nets when he doesn't have the options that he usually has. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a fairly unselfish basketball player. Yeah. And I don't think he always wants to be the guy who has to take that many shots and come out and score 40. Right. But he's certainly capable of it, and I don't. I don't think this is the last game like that that he's got in him this year. I think if no. those legs stay underneath him, 
nobody's beating that team. No, no, he's 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 on a goal. He's on a quest, and you could tell. You could just see it in his face last night. It was he's he's <laughs> he can he could taste it. Um, I don't want to stop basketball really quick, but I just want to give you a quick baseball update. Um, it is uh, going into the top of the ninth. The Mets are up six to one against the Cubs right now, and that's with the uh, that's with the bullpen uh, for most of the game. And as far as the Yankee go, Yankees go, uh, it's the bottom of the ninth. The Yankees are up three to two. Chapman's in, one out. Runners on second and third. Of course, Jets. of course. <laughs> I've been watching that. Trying not to watch it right Trying now. Trying not to, yeah. So uh, one out though. One out though. So um, still, last time I checked, you need two. Well, you know what though? Maybe maybe he two intentionally more. walks to Let's first say, base and then they go for a double play. Or, what do you think? Or maybe he <laughs> not intentionally walks. <laughs> and then they're set up for the double play anyway. Yeah, right. Well, anyway. listen, I, I think um, I think I can, much as I hate to say this, I can still stand by my earlier prediction because the the Nets aren't out of the injury woods yet. But yeah. um, I think if um, Durant is obviously the key to them winning, but yeah. Durant and Harden, I, you know, anybody and and Harden, even when he not obviously not. Uh, at 100% or rusty or whatever you want to say. All of his shots were a little bit off to the left, but anybody in Harden is a really good duo. But, um, yeah, I, I I think I turned off a game in the end of the third period because uh, it was getting late. And I thought, okay, well, you know, here we go. The Bucks are going to win, you know, three in a row. And uh, so I was as surprised as anyone to wake up and hear the news that uh, the Nets had made the comeback. So, I think I put it away. I don't know. Philly is. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I, listen, I picked the, you know, the Hawks is the Cinderella team and uh, the Hawks are looking good. Yeah. The, yeah. the Hawks, the they Hawks do, have done more than, you know, they had a big comeback the other night. They're not, yeah. they're not yeah. getting blown out tonight. They're holding their own. Yeah. Well, Philly's, I mean, Philly's a much better team. You know, the yeah. Hawks, the Hawks are kind of a one man show and you have to give Trey young, all the credit. You got to give Trey Young credit. He's, but he's putting on an incredible show. Philly's yeah. all about Embiid, though. I mean, he looked at that end of the game we said it the other oh, day. He, he looked. He looked like, like he, was he, ready he looked to like collab. he hadn't slept in about nine years. Yeah, you know, he, he does was, look like he's sixty-five. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we got some good series going on. And that's... So, there's a lot going on. And, and and look, this Phoenix team is better than I think a lot of people thought they were. And if and, and they have three legitimate stars on that team. De- Devin Booker might be his 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 breakout year you don't know you don't um you know. and and if and if Kawhi doesn't play i mean Kawhi not playing is is that's gonna it's yeah. gonna be tough for the clippers to do anything yeah yes yeah. Here, here's kind of the wrap up right he's he ruled out a game five and then we don't know after that uh, chris paul is uh flagged now with the uh yeah. he's got covid yes. health and safety protocols although so they don't have to they don't play until sundays yeah well, it depends on. I mean, they're not uh, playing. They're not. It depends on if if uh, if uh, the Clippers and the Jazz go. He, he, he might be. Able, he might be able to get COVID. Two he more might times. be able to. Yeah, I know. he might be able um, to get out of it before they start. Yeah, Mike Conley yeah. is uh, going to miss Game Five. So. Mike Conley's a big loss for the Jazz. Yeah, uh, but he hasn't played so far. Yeah, in the right. series. So that's what uh, I mean. Right, Kyrie out, uh, and then. Um, Tonight's going to be a big game. Utah's yeah. got to come out and take control of this. They've, they've got to come out and, and, and take advantage of this. It, look, if the Clippers win this game, then 
all this hype about Utah, I think you got to start questioning it. And this is a big this is a big game for them. I think it's in Utah, right? The game is in uh, yeah yeah. Game I mean, Utah. at home with without Kawhi, they need to win this game. Mm-hmm. Not only do they need to win this game, they need to win this game big. Yeah, yeah. And and I think they will. You know, I think I think they will. Donovan Mitchell's another. I mean, look, one of the things that this is shining a light on, oh, especially yeah. is that Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell are pretty pretty incredible basketball players. Yeah, yeah. They're, Donovan they're Mitchell's got almost thirty. He's averaging almost thirty eight points a game. And the Suns are a well coached team who play tough defense. And people like Aiton, when when Chris Paul and Aiton and Booker are playing well together, they're a they're a fundamentally sound basketball team who knows how to move the ball. And uh, and they're tough defensively, yeah. so I, I think a Utah. I, I thought it was. I thought the Clippers. I thought it would be the Clippers and the Nets. But if Kawhi can't bounce back here, um, I, I think we're going to be looking at a Utah Phoenix Finals, and it's going to be interesting. They're kind of similar teams in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, I think the Clippers will probably get. Well, I don't know if if they don't get uh, more. Um, well, Kyrie's George uh, Paul games then playoff P games then they're sunk, especially Ka- without Kawhi. Kawhi's only out for only ruled out for Game Five. That's it. Just well, for officially game. ruled out for Game Five, but well, I mean, look, the, the Clippers were barely squeaking by with both of these guys scoring thirty plus. Right. And Kawhi, yeah. the last game, Kawhi was unbelievable. And Paul, all credit to Paul George, he's had some good games. Yeah, that's but what I mean. I guess I just don't think he can carry. No, clip. that's what I'm saying. George because the Clippers aren't the Clippers aren't deep. That's the no, problem. Right. They made some no, bad moves and they're not those, deep. It's those two guys and nobody else. Exactly. And and George is. Is, uh, is is the key to it, right? Kawhi's mm-hmm. going to be Kawhi. He's going to do what he does. But like I said, whether it's whether it's uh, George Paul George who shows up or playoff P. If playoff P shows up, it sucks. Even with Kawhi, you know, unless Kawhi's Superman, right. they're most likely going to lose. Right. So, um, but bad. I, these injuries are. Uh... It's unfortunate, you know. You, you just hate to see it. But look, I mean, props to Joel Embiid, man. Thirty-one minutes tonight, twelve of sixteen, nine of nine at free throws, thirty-five points. He's plus twenty-nine. I mean, look, if he, it, that's going to be a hell of a series if Embiid can hold on and and um, and 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 be able to make it through a whole series. I mean. Yeah. I think the the Nets uh, Sixers is going to be you know kind of what we expected, and the Sixers are a really good defensive team, so it'll be interesting to see what a what a Ben Simmons can actually do against the James Harden. Or, uh, but who covers Durant? That is the question. That's that's the question for the uh, for the. That ages, is always say, the so. question. It's been the question whenever he's healthy on the court. Mm-hmm. The only thing that could stop Kevin Durant is his are his injuries. That's yeah. the only thing that can stop him. Very true. Um, really quick, did you see uh, uh, the uh, All NBA first team, second team, third team uh, picks? I saw but some of it. I was looking nope. at it. All NBA first team. Ready? Steph Curry, Giannis, Luka Doncic, the Joker, and Kawhi. It's a hell of a team. All right. <laughs> NBA second team: Dame, Randall, Chris Paul, Joel Embiid, and LeBron. Right. Is that the and, healthy LeBron or the hurt LeBron? <laughs> it didn't list. I, I was surprised. The only person on there that I was surprised with was Randall right. on the second team. And, and look, I think he deserves it based on his, his – but there's other there's some other players that had they not maybe had the injuries that they had, they probably would, 
I think Randall snuck in there because some other players were kind of left off because of their lack of a depth of games played this year. Yeah, but he was also yeah. the man on his team. Right. Yeah, but I mean, you, but there's no Durant on on either of these. Well, teams. Yeah, let, let me let me let yeah. me let me figure it. They're all NBA third team, right? Which they never used to do. They didn't do. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie. Okay. Um, snubbed. They listed had a snub. That they, they another post had a snub. Yeah, the all NBA snub team. The all NBA snub team. Devin Booker, Donovan Devin, Mitchell. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, uh, James Harden, KD, Trey Young, and Zion. Yeah. Mm. So the lack of respect that Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker Devin Booker get yeah. is is astonishing to me and I, I i part of me would like to see those two guys play in the western conference finals because i think you're going to start you're going to see two of the the breakout stars in this league go up against each other and um it's it's incredible it's incredible i mean look utah utah had the number one record in basketball mm-hmm. and only, and rudy gobert is the only guy making it on any of those three lists yep yep yeah. imagine yeah, how's that happen <laughs> And, and, and that ain't for all the third either. and the third team number in in, in the first right. in, in that place, yeah. And I think Gobert does deserve on the third team because I think Embiid and 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 Jokic are better players and have had better seasons. I mean, they they both had incredible seasons, right? But uh, you know, it, it, the, there's a lot of really good players in the NBA right now, especially in the backcourt. Yeah. And yeah, it's it, you know when Damian Lillard is a second team All NBA, and, and 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 again, Harden would be on there if he wasn't. You know, if he hadn't been heard as much as he was. Yeah, I, I get yeah. the I get the whole Harden thing, but KD, they left off KD again because of the injuries. Yeah. Yeah, injuries. Uh, he was out. He was out almost all year. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, he doesn't deserve it. He was out almost all year. Now, if you're picking the All NBA Playoff team, <laughs> then it's K, it's KD and who fuck cares? Who else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's but, KD, Damian Lillard, and Chris Paul. You know, right, exactly. So far, and Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. That's right. it. That's it. It's it's it's, it's incredible. Uh, Luka Doncic is you know, and there's some rumblings that Luka's not happy with with some of the upper management and and the the guy who left Nelson who left he was he was very close with. I can't see him going anywhere. Yeah. But, no. well, apparently Porzingis isn't too happy in Dallas either. So. But Porzingis and Dallas probably isn't very happy with Porzingis. Porzingis, Porzingis, Porzingis has now been the worst decision the Knicks have ever made and the worst decision the Dallas Mavericks have ever made. Exactly. Because Kristaps Porzingis is a, just a, a trouble. He's just trouble. Yeah. And he's gonna keep he's gonna take up some cap room for three years. And he's gonna it's gonna be hard for Dallas to put together uh, some players around Doncic. So maybe Doncic is thinking, where do I go? Right, which gets me back to this point of the Nets sort of built this team, which which is fine. It's happened in years past um, around their big three. Here's my question to you guys: Do we legitimately need? Would the NBA be better if there was one or maybe two other teams that had another big three? If you could have Doncic, Damian Lillard, and Nikola Jokic playing together on one team, and uh, you know, uh, Giannis. Uh, I don't know. I'm just throwing. You know, G- Giannis Kawhi and uh, Giannis Paul Kawhi and, and uh, yeah. I mean, would it make it, it? It wouldn't have the parity. You would, but would it make some sense? Or do you just take the 76ers and put Kawhi on them? 
you know, I, I, it's, I want, I want to see, I want to see the Lakers versus the Celtics of the eighties. I want to see the Bulls Knicks of, of the nineties or, or the Bulls jazz of, of the night. I want to see the, the San Antonio Spurs, Dallas Maverick. You know, I want to see these type of battles and we're, we're not, I just, I have a feeling we're not going to get it. Yeah. Now, the only thing that's preventing that and making it a little closer is that the Nets big three, they're not, they haven't had an opportunity to really play together in the playoffs yet. Uh, and then hopefully they will, because I think it'll be good for the NBA to see that. But I do, I think we need another, I think we need another big three on another team of equal status. Cause when you have three of arguably the top 10, top eight base basketball players on one team, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, right? but it's not a lot of fun. It's, I don't think it's an, a, a very good for the NBA. Yeah, but I, I I agree with you, but I think the only kind of a caveat to that, not a caveat, but like how long are they really going to stay together? Does anybody well, think this well, big know. three team is no, going to be not, together no, for they're, the they're, next they get, No, they're not going to. Two, two, three years? seasons. Two, three seasons. It's going to be three or four at the most. So Three, three or four is, 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 is enough is, to win. It's enough it's to win three. a championship or two, yeah. Yeah, which is right. But I'm right. saying, you, you know, you don't have those old – no, you know Celtics Lakers rivalry but, but, dynasty but, for but, but you had, years. Okay. No, so you, but you had the Lakers with Magic and Cream, but then they went out and they got a James Worthy, they got a Bob McAdoo, they got you know Byron Scott came in. There was constantly that refurbishing of that third person, and right, that could but, that could happen on the Nets, and it, it, could. And it could and it could happen on the Sixers. But in those days, those guys weren't going anywhere. No, just because they wanted to. No, and I think that's the big difference. Now. I agree. And but yeah, I mean, the, the ma- management went out and they sought out that, yeah, that, the and third that contracts were to, much different. You right, didn't have any right. buyout after two years or, sure. or, you know, player option after a third year or whatever. My, my, my so, point is that you're never going to see a Damian Lillard or, or Nikola Jokic or a Giannis Antetokounmpo or the list goes on and on and on. Luka Doncic that play for a championship. If, if a, all the pieces don't happen and there's a major amount of injuries, which hopefully will not happen again next year because they'll have hopefully this shortened rest is is one of the reasons for this and it's not going to be a recurring it's gotta thing. Be. It's got to be the it's got well it might not be the only reason but it's got to right. be the the main reason. But part of it. I do I do, it, 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 I I would like to see people challenge this. Now you could say okay well last year the Lakers won it and this year they fell apart. I do think it's fickle, and I do think it's a year-to-year thing. LeBron's getting old. Anthony Davis was hurt. Injuries had a lot to do with that. And they didn't have a big three. They had the big two. Yeah. So, and, and the reason why I say the big three is more important now than ever is because this year, you're lucky if you have two of those three on, on the floor right. at the same time. You need three so that you can maybe have two. Exactly. And, that's, and that's why I think the Suns, maybe – can can come out of the West because they they legitimately have three really good players. I'm not saying that Aiton is is on the level or even Chris Paul these days is on the level of a Kyrie or Harden, but they have three guys that can play basketball and who can contribute at at, at the at the end of the game. And you can't say that about a lot of teams. I mean, you saw it with Milwaukee last night. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you saw it. Drew Holiday was supposed to be the answer. He isn't. You know, Chris Middleton struggled through and, and played a pretty good game. He was the only guy who could create his own shot at the end of the game. Yep. It's just, it, it, I, I would like, yeah. I, I'm almost, I'm almost to the point of let's, let's say, let's have four super teams 
and, and because I think it'd be the competition would be better. Yeah, that's a, a lot of these teams. They don't have that guy who that that no, you know, they don't have a guy who you reliably or or um, yeah. very often want to have to put the, the team right. on his back. You know, they have right. guys who can have good games or great games occasionally, right. but right. not consistently is the word I'm looking for. Right. right, guys, you don't you don't want to have to count on them to carry things consistently. No, you don't. So. You don't. So. Yeah. All right, um, one oh, last. Uh, go ahead. No, you first, Ken. Uh, just a couple quick notes. Well, <laughs> um, so uh, speaking, we mentioned Zion Williamson before. Stan Van Gundy out <laughs> in <laughs> Nolens. Eight months for your contract. Eight months into it, get out. See ya. Um, I don't know. Maybe Zion didn't like him. Maybe he was. He's uh, Van Gundy's rubbed some people the wrong way. That's for sure. But uh, but geez, you don't even give him a second season. Eight months done. See That's a little odd to me. You know, yeah, Stan Van Gundy's out, and yet people are talking about, uh, you know, some of the some of the guys that are being mentioned for for you know coaching the the Trailblazers or whoever else. I mean, really, we're going to give Mike D'Antoni another shot. Uh, you know, what's his name's out too in uh, in, in in Washington. Yep, Scott uh, Brooks is Scott out. Brooks, two playoff you know, appearances, right, and yep. some respectability this year, but. Yep. You know, and Donnie, the, Donnie Nelson's gone. Uh, yeah, with the, with uh, at, uh, Dallas, and and that's and and he you know, he was scouting Luka Doncic when he was fourteen. Not the, Donnie Nelson wasn't. Don, Donnie Nelson wasn't fourteen. Yeah. Luka Doncic was fourteen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was uh, like, how old was Luka Doncic if Donnie Nelson was? By the, by the way, the Mets are. Uh, I believe the Mets just won and the Yankees won. So let's uh, yeah. double check. The Mets have Mets middle and ninth. Up, oh, look at that. Uh, Diaz, oh, somebody gave up to. Nope, wait. Oh, it's the bottom of the ninth. I'm sorry. There's three. It's saying three outs though. I'm a ticker. Yeah, so it's done. Yeah, it's done. It's done. Mets it's one. Done. Mets one. Mets one. Um, and uh, Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. Yankees one. Yankees one three two. Look at that. He nice. got out of it. Runners oh, yeah. on second, third. There was actually runners on second, third with no outs. I just think he needs to concentrate. I mean, he's such a he's he really is like the character from Major League. Yeah, I, I mean, he's just uh, he's he's a monster though, Chapman. He is a. I mean, when you see him take the mound, you're just like, it's like Sterling or Shannon Sharp pitching. I mean, it's just like <laughs> wow, that's a big man throwing a ball 101 miles an hour at my head. Oh, I don't think I want to do this right now. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. The only guy who can hit him, you know, is, is Altuve when the game's online. There you but, go. Uh, All right, uh, final uh, final NBA note. Uh, congratulations to Lamelo Ball for winning the Rookie of the Year. There you go. Yeah, you know, pretty. He big missed twenty there. games. It didn't hurt him in the voting. So mm-hmm. twenty games right. is a lot different than missing thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it is true. Um, I want to point this out too on Instagram last night after the game, after the uh, Nets Bucks game. Allen Iverson posted on Instagram, posted a picture of KD with the caption, you are so great. Right? Look. And then, hold on. And then Trey Young commented back, he's different. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, Trey. All right, hair club for men. Uh, that was a compliment, though, right? You think that was a compliment? I think it was a compliment. I think yeah. it was a compliment, yeah. He is different. He's a you know, He's literally a unicorn. Right. Yeah. He is a – he is a – I, I, look, I'm a big Kawhi fan. I think he's great. I think that LeBron, if if Kevin Durant can stay healthy and put together and 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 really put together a couple seasons like this, 
he's gonna he's gonna eventually if he has the potential of eventually being in the conversation as one of the top three or four players of all time. I agree. I agree. And maybe I, and yeah. maybe number two. And he and, would and, definitely and, uh, be in the conversation of who, and, who and you I, start and, a team with. And I will say this, okay? Throughout the course of, of history, yes, you had your Oscar Robertsons, your Michael Jordans, and what if Roberts, Oscar played at the same time as Jordan, both in their prime, blah, 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 blah. Kevin Durant's the one player, and, and I, I, Kawhi maybe, but I, I, the, the jury's still a little bit out on him. Kevin Durant is definitively that one player that I think has some of the characteristics that Jordan does, where he can just really take a team and make carry a team on his shoulders. And But what Durant does is he makes other players who are not necessarily exceptional way better. Yep. And he did more with the second team of the Nets on the court last night. He, you know, he had 10 assists. So yep. he, he had some amazing passes to guys. He made Blake Griffin look like he was 23 again. And so Durant is – he's a special player. He's a special player. Yeah, we talk about uh, you know, Jordan passing the ball to Steve Kerr or right. John Paxson, right? Okay, that was like twice that happened. Right. Kevin Durant is as yeah. good a facilitator yeah. as he is a scorer. He, he's 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 really good at everything he does. I just yeah. hope I hope that his body can become more durable and that he could stay on the floor because he he is the most exciting basketball player since Michael Jordan. He's that good. Yeah. He is. All right. And that'll uh, wrap up NBA for tonight. Uh quick uh, couple of uh NHL notes. Um, only, hey, uh, Canadians got a two nothing lead now. Canadians got a two nothing lead, and uh, but uh, Vegas obviously has a one nothing lead over them in the uh, in the uh, series thus far. Um, but, yeah, that uh, that game one was. Um, fluke, I don't want to think. think? Ty- no, I don't want to say typical. I mean, Canadians, the Canadians, uh, or the Habs, they came out uh, strong. And uh, really, in the most of the first period, it was kind of this, all them. But then they sort of just disappeared. And yeah, a lot of the Knights are a better team, I think, maybe than some people realize. Well, they're... a lot of that is not the Canadians. It wasn't the Avalanche. It's the fact that this team can come back, and yeah. they can come back quickly. They are they're a really good team. Yeah. And um, I, you know, two good series. I mean, come on. Two good series. Tampa Bay Islanders. That, those have been two good games so far. They are. They were. Really Even good. though the score was not that close, and it was, it was the game felt closer than the final score of the second game. Well, what did you think about that one? Uh, I mean, it, it obviously didn't have any. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, which call it on the uh, on the outcome of the game, but uh, but yeah, there were there were six skaters. There were seven if you count the goalie. There were seven yeah. players. I think the, uh, skaters they missed the it. For, they missed it. They missed it. Yeah. They missed it. But yeah, it happens. But, uh, Look. Let's see. Let's see if the Islanders can can bring it home and 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 win. I. Well, next two games are in uh, Tampa. In uh, uh, no, they're in New York. Yeah, in New York. New York. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, the last yeah. two games were in Tampa. Yeah, I mean, Tampa, yeah. look, they they did what they needed to do. They won one yeah. out of two yeah. on the road. Yeah. Whether or not they, that means anything anymore, I don't know. But, um, well, the, a lot of talk with this series is, you know, I mean, look, this is the part two. 
Right. But do right from uh, the conference finals of last or year. Duh. The Islanders uh, are a team that, yeah. that built on their success last year. A lot of people poo pooed it as bubble and short season and all that. But look, they're right back where they were. And yeah. they yeah. look better than they did last year. Well, that, that's, that, yeah, that's what people are saying. They they learned from that last year. You know, that, that was a new, that was a new, I think 16 out of 17 guys that could suit up or back yeah. with the team. And, yep. you know, they, they know what it's like to go now to the conference finals. Uh, Tampa Bay, by the way, uh, knows what it's like to go to the conference. Tampa Bay is a better team. They're a better on, team on paper. They're a better team, but you got to win the games. I yep. think. I think Montreal's showing something tonight because I think Vegas is a better team on paper than than the Canadians. But we'll see. They, yeah, they're definitely. I would love. I, I mean, I would love to see a Canadians Islanders. That would be, be, an be like the seventies all over again. Cup. Yeah, that would yeah. be really. That would be good. That when, would be when good. was the last time a Major sport championship was held in Montreal. Uh, yeah, last time the Canadians won a cup. <laughs> or was it the Expos? Uh, or might have been. Uh, no, they did. The Expos never went. Yeah, to the Expos World never Series. won a World Series. No. Wow. Might have been the what's the Montreal CFL no, the, team? The, the, the Alouettes. Do they even have one anymore? The first time the I Alouettes said major sports. sports major sports. Yeah, I think there, I the Canadian Football League is fairly major. Oh, it's it's yeah, major. First, it's it's major in Ottawa. The first it's not time major the, anywhere else. The first time the Expos ever went to a World Series was a couple of years ago when the Nationals won it. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, that would be awesome. That would be uh, that would be interesting. Uh, I just like to say up. I would just like to say one more thing uh, on a sport we never talk about. Sure. Congratulations to Novak Djokovic. That was, I mean, A, beating Nadal on clay was amazing. And that comeback that he did in the finals mm-hmm. was something else. He's 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 going to break the all-time record. I hope he does. You think? Yeah. I think he's going to. He's got 19 now. He's got 19. So uh, he's going to win. I think he's, he's, he's 34 years old. He's maybe a little past the prime of his career, but not too far. I think he's got three or four really good years left in him. And I think he can win two or three more majors. That would be uh, that would be interesting. I think you're. Uh, I, I think he's got a shot. I think he's got a shot. So, yeah, we will see. Yeah, yeah he's he's pretty relentless. He's good. Yeah. He is good. So. Yeah. All right. Good, good job. Good call. Good job. Good note to end end on. Then. All right. On that note, we'll wrap it up for today. We want to thank everybody for watching, and for those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website www.getonwithitpodcast.com. That's getonwithitpodcast. Dot com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Get On With It podcast. And of course, all of the shows are also on YouTube as well on our on the Logger Room channel. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at 730. And for those of you that want to just listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you'll never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Uh, watch the, uh, you know, enjoy the uh, uh, playoff uh, hockey and basketball. Enjoy your baseball uh, games over the weekend and have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Cheers. Take care. And just one final note. Uh, I'll leave you with a little cliffhanger. The Hawks are up on the Sixers 105-104. Good go. night. And 1.8 <laughs> million fans went to see the uh, CFL games in 2019. 1.8 uh, million fans went the, to see all of the games. And the Each average of them? capacity, the <laughs> average capacity is thirty-one thousand. So they don't have big stadiums, but there you go. There you there go. Only four announced sellouts, though. So I don't know. I have to compare them to some any yes. uh, NFL numbers. We'll I imagine to, we'll they'll have, be 
Worfed. Yeah. We'll have to get probably kart racing does better than these. Yeah, CFL, I, I, st- I still think Todd Rundgren has a uh, number one album in Canada, so I'm not really quite sure. <laughs> it, he just released it though. That's, that's no, no, it's just been overtaken by uh, Dark Side of the Moon. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. All have right, a good bye one. everybody. See ya. Cheers. Throws her a great thing by Joe, she is